Where's the beaver hunter at? Text him. I'm already texting him. Oh, you're not talking about me? <laughs> you hunt beavers too, buddy? I like to smack a beaver around. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think it's a different kind of beaver. <laughs> <laughs> different species, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, I think that ahead. season coincides with the cougar season as well. The cougar season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think we can go ahead and start. And then whoever right. whoever uh, joins us joins us when when we get going here. So, all right, AK heads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Land AK Corner Season Three. This is episode eleven of twelve. So we've got one more coming at you after this one, and it it promises to be a big episode. This is a big episode. I think this is the most people we've had on the AK Corner in the three years that we've done it. And uh, I'm just going to let each of you go around the room here in just a minute, introduce yourselves, tell a little bit about yourselves. But this episode, Leadheads, we're going to be talking about AK competitions. We've got some of the, the competitors, the people that compete in these competitions around the country, and maybe even around the world. I don't know. Some of you guys might have traveled uh, abroad to do some of these competitions. Uh, and we've got one of the organizers here with us. Uh, and we'll introduce him in just a minute. So if you didn't get a chance, make sure you go back to last month's AK Corner. And uh, Jeremy, were you on that one with us? I I don't know. We talked about the AK-74 last episode. No. No, I, I listened to that one. He wasn't. Okay. What would you think? Did you think it was a good episode? Did we cover Yeah, I mean, I learned stuff. I mean, there was a lot of talk about the 545, which, you know, I'm of the opinion that the 545 is the better round, but my heart says uh, 762 by 39, so that's what I have my Galil in. But, okay. you know, it, hearing the more breakdown of the 545, and, you know, I'm kind of AK curious, I guess, if you want to call it that, and then learning more about the nuance, because, holy cats, are these... AK competitors. I mean, the people who attend these matches, you know, oh, understand yeah. the nuances, the magazine types. I mean, all of that stuff. They they are in it balls deep. Definitely, they know their stuff, and uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the differences in going to an AK competition or event because it's an event. It's not just a competition versus like going to a three gun competition. Uh, the AK people really know how to do it up. So we'll, we'll talk mm -hmm. about that. And uh, we're going to take listener questions as well. We've I made a post like I normally do, and it looks like we got really good uh, questions and, and turnout on that in a short amount of time that I had it posted. So we'll go to Facebook. We'll go to Instagram. If any of you guys reposted it on your pages, uh, we'll take questions from those as well. And uh, we've got giveaways to do like every episode. And uh, we've got our sponsors, Seal One. We'll be giving away a SEAL-1 care package, CLP, perfect cleaning products for your AK-47s, your Galils, your ARs, your boats, your knives, whatever it may be. This stuff is it. It's every, every, Only one thing you need, SEAL-1, SEAL-1 and done. We've got a big care package of that we're going to give away. We've got Mission First Tactical Dump Trays with the AK Corner logo on it. And this is one we had specially made up for Red October 
that Brian had taken out for Red October and gave to uh, some of the lucky people out there. Uh, I've got one. I don't know if we got any more of these left, but we're going to give away one or two of these today. Yeah, that's gangster. Right? And we've got some other stuff. Are you going to do a, a, a IWI package, Jeremy, today? We'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. We'll see how you feel at the end of the show. I, I mean, I always give away. something away. I mean, we always give something away. It's just a matter of what more we give away. Well, I think everybody appreciates the the shirts and the hats and the swag that you that you put up. So if if you do that, I know that they will love it. Yeah, we'll we'll get that. Maybe we can talk Ken into giving a a, a slot to a class as long as you run a Galil. Absolutely. I always like to offer the opportunity. So if any of the other guests have anything uh, that they want to put up as giveaways to our our listeners that took part in the question questionnaire, then feel free. Matt, there's questions here about AK shotguns. Do you think we can convince Dissident to give one of them away? Uh, let me, uh, let me ask the magic eight ball. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Like, wait, you don't want to write checks that land as the cash. Come on. <laughs> How about a picture of one, an autographed picture of one. That would be something. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's a so, close second. Big show lined up for you guys this episode, this month, and we'll go ahead and we'll get into it. So Brian, my co-host, Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions, couldn't make it. Uh, we usually give away some Occam Lube, so we'll probably give away some Occam Lube, too. Um, I know he'll he'll want to do that. Uh, he's sick. I don't know exactly what's wrong with him, uh, but you guys get on his uh, social meds and uh, send him a message and wish him well. It's probably just under the weather. It's that time of year, you know. Everybody's got a little crud going on. Uh, so Jeremy is going to be my co-host this episode. Yeah. With another sponsor. Our other sponsors, IWI. So, Jeremy, welcome in. Thank you, thank you. So, you've, you've, you're responsible for the majority of, of this gang that's here joining us right now. So, oh, don't put that on me. So we were at, <laughs> this is on you. <laughs> we were at my first um, Kalash event, and it was at Kalash Bash, Texas. And I had a great time there. And I guess I, I kind of got acclimated to the the AK events, the AK competition shootings there. And boy, oh boy, was it a, an eye-opener. It was a great time. Uh, everybody was having a good time. I didn't see anybody that was disgruntled or, you know, anything other than just dog-ass tired because of the the heat and whatnot. But, Jeremy, talk about um, that event and IWI, and, and this is where I met most of these guys was at that event. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, appreciate you having us on here. So, yeah, Clash Bash Texas. This was, um, I think it's the fourth or fifth year it's happened. Um, my years are all kind of jacked up together, but we have supported it um, ever since it first started. Um, the intent was to add add the camaraderie of the community of the AK and and the variants of the AK. Uh, along with a little bit of competitive shooting to measure yourself <clears throat> and other people against other people for that matter. And what we found is a lot of the competitors and a lot of the shooters, uh, not only have they not, not done a lot of um, movement shooting, um, but 
under duress for that matter. Uh, and, and as much as people don't want to admit it, that little, you know, two by four inch piece of block that gives you a beep and is recording time adds a significant amount of duress and stress to anybody as they're shooting. Um, so when you combine that and movement and uneven terrain, uh, you get a solid training and you get to also understand your weapon system at a high rate of speed because at the end of the day, everybody is a competitor at heart, type A personalities. So when you're working through a malfunction and you're hearing your buddies laugh and joke at you at the entire time, you uh, learn to clear them a little faster. Um, or if you didn't see a root or uh, a hole in the ground because you were too busy focusing on something else and <clears throat> things in that nature, not understanding how to pick up your feet, you figured out real quick that you needed to, to work through those problems. So Clash Bash this year was uh, always in Texas so far. Um, it's at the ranch. Um, uh, typically, it was in the spring, and they moved it to October. And uh, then you compile the other Clash um, events throughout the year with AK Masters um, over in South Carolina, uh, Thunder on the Tundra up in um, Wisconsin, and then you've got Red October Cold Wars at Rio Salado in Phoenix, Arizona. And then the original, or the, the granddaddy, I guess you could say, of them all, which is Red October Las Vegas. And then you add Ken Allen's event here that's happened last couple of years um, up in New Hampshire and basically is the freaking Arctic for all intended purposes. <laughs> um, so uh, growing population... As James said earlier, the camaraderie and the, the, the people of these these events really make it what it is. And it just, not only are they super proud to be a part of the community, but just super proud of their weapon system. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced before with M4s or anything in that nature, and M4s and M4. But, you know, these gentlemen and, and even and women for that matter, you know, they have their Bulgarians, their Romanians, their Russians, their Chinese, you know, and they can tell you everything about it down to the, where the magazine spring came from, for that matter. <laughs> um, and then we come in there with with the Israeli made Galils and um, catch a little bit of heat because, you know, we're, we're some people say we're an AK and some people say we don't and at the end of the day. I think they're just mad because we're winning. And yeah, that's all that matters. They're just pissed because you're at the winner's table. <laughs> they so. hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that was that was kind of a, a really good introduction into the the AK competitions. The AK Masters, I hadn't heard of that one, Tundra, and the Thunder, I hadn't heard of that one either. Uh, where are those again? So um, AK Masters is in South Carolina. It's put on by Palmetto State Armory. Um, Adam and Matt can speak to that because they shot it um, this year. I believe Matt won it and uh, overall and then his division, and I think Adam won his division as well. Um, and then Thunder, you know, whatever it is, Thunder on the Tundra, it's in Wisconsin. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's run by uh, Chad Sabuka, um, yeah. and it's uh, Klashnikomp on Instagram. Yep. A cool yep. Very cool. Well, let's do this. Let's so, go around the room here and have everybody introduce themselves. And we'll start with uh, James. Hey, uh, I'm James Leffler. Uh, I've been a competitive shooter since 2012. Before that, I used to race cars. So like Jeremy said, I'm a type A competitive person. Uh, used to race cars with the old man, grew up doing that. Um, and then the old man retired. I bought, got a house, got married, so stopped doing that. 
you know, wanted to do something, needed some sort of outlet, you know, get that adrenaline rush. So found guns, started racing guns. Um, that evolved into a career. So I work in the industry now. I used to work at JP Rifles, and now I work at Infinity Firearms making pistols. Um, so liking that quite a bit. And uh, just been getting, dipping my toes as, you know, I continue to shoot disciplines. I'm a three-gunner mostly, shoot three-gun, multi-gun, uh, rifle, pistol, shotgun. And I do USPSA as well. Uh, NRL 22 with a little bit of precision and then been dipping my toes and getting into the AK. I'm left-handed, so it kind of lends itself to the platform quite well, uh, even though the Galil has kind of made it so broken people like me is a little more difficult, but dissident arms did me a solid and got this thing back to a right side charging. So I'm in like Flynn and I've been really loving it. Like you guys say, it's uh, when I describe to people at work, like where are you going, what match are you going to? And you know, they're interested because they're all shooters too. So, you know, they tell three gun, you know, like, you know, it's a match where a party happens and AKs are a party where a match happens. There so I, I like it quite a bit and I'm really enjoying the community that comes out of it. And just people are there. The sole dedication seems to be to have fun. So I'm enjoying it quite a bit. And thanks for having me on the show. No, absolutely. And uh, lay off the Red Bull there. <laughs> <laughs> you balls like to the wall, brother. Uh, let's go to Adam next. Uh, yeah, I'm Adam Litke. Uh, I've been uh, shooting competition now since about 2012, or a little bit earlier. Uh, started with USPSA, which is mostly pistol. Uh, moved on to uh, PCC once that became a thing. And uh, started shooting for IWI um, a couple years back. And uh, started with the Tavor, our, our bullpup. Uh, moved into the um, Galil uh, when Jeremy came on board. And then um, went to the, the Zion, our AR-15 platform as well with that. Uh, shoot the Masada, our, our new pistol, the Optics Ready pistol. And uh, like uh, James said, I, I've been doing uh, Kalash Bash in Red October, I think two years now each. And then AK Masters was the first year, was this year. Um, I won the 7.62 uh, version. Uh, James and I are real men. We shoot real calibers. Um, uh, nothing against, uh, against Kit Miller up there, but, uh, you know, real man caliber. And uh, like James said, uh, when it's Red October Clash Bash, it really is like a party where some guys like, you know what we should do is we should shoot guns on the first day and then party all night long <laughs> and then shoot guns the second day and then just party all night long the next night. And, uh, you know, like uh, Clash Bash, there's a, a bonfire that's got to be 30, 40 feet tall and there's a, like a rave tent. There's like lasers <laughs> and lights going on. And then the next day, everybody's like, all right, let's go shoot some, uh, some AKs. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a great experience. Uh, AK masters was a good one and, uh, can't say enough good things about Jeremy. Jeremy's brought IWI kind of into that foray, uh, sponsoring competitions. And now we sponsor me like freaking every AK competition underneath the sun. And, uh, you know, he, he does a lot. I know we donated uh, a bunch of guns this year to different things. And, uh, it really brings a lot to the community and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, uh, happens next year. Oh Yeah. And as we're going around, if there's an additional competition that you're aware of, an AK competition, uh, give it a shout out also. And so I think it's important to know that while we speak to the competition as we are competitive shooters, it is not to underestimate what the event really is. And it's really an event with a competition involved with it, right? Yeah. You know, Kalash Bash had 800 people, but only 235 of them shot the match. Red October had just over 1,100 people come through the gate, and 400 and 355 signed up for the match, 323 shot the match. So, and that's all we can feasibly get through in a, in a number of days, and right? Like, we can't get enough people through. Um, 
but that you know the original red october we had 115 shooters and now we're up to almost 400 so yeah. um more and more people are coming we are all competitive shooters or in ken allen's kit place a competitive shooter but also defense tactics um instructor uh for many years but don't over or underestimate really what it's about and that is the community and the event for what it does what it's designed and its intent and that's al- along with is the competition right and i think as we get into the discussion here that's going to become more and more evident so let's go to yep. matt now yeah good afternoon or good evening um my name is matt kitzmiller i've been shooting for about five years now started in mesa arizona shooting pistols um at a local little little firing line at good old rio salado there and uh, a couple old timers had asked me if i was interested in a in a like a weekly steel match they have there. So I finally kind of went out there and made a fool of myself for probably a few months anyhow. And, uh, and then they introduced me to three gun and that's kind of been my, my bread and butter and what I've been playing in the main game that I, that I play, uh, probably four, four years now, I'd say something like that. Um, I shot a Galil Ace machine gun at the first red October cold war, uh, last year in Phoenix. And I had, I mean, I had, I practiced with it very little. I zeroed the uh, the, the optics, and uh, kind of I thought, you know, I'm going to put the magazine in, and <clears throat> I'm not going to mag dump. I'm not going to mag dump. And that's pretty much all I did was brrr, the whole time <laughs> I was supposed to be practicing and learning how the gun shot and where, where it worked. And um, I had a blast, man. I went shot shot really well, finished well, and uh, and then this year when it came to to kind of sorting out sponsors, I met Jeremy around the same time that I was kind of shopping for a, something that fit a little bit better. So IWI plays well with um, with another sponsor of mine and a couple other guys on here, Dissident Arms. You can mention them, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know. They the it, it just kind of fell into place. And, you know, Jeremy and I kind of talked about the AK Masters event. And I didn't know, and the AK community is much different than anything that, that I've ever played in. Um, the club that I came from is a very conservative um, pistol club. So going to the AK events, it was like, you know, I met Adam out at, at, at the Clinton house in South Carolina and it was like constantly doing this and watching the people walk by, but, um, the passion was there. So that's, that's what kind of got me hooked. And there was some, some pretty fun competition, a lot of camaraderie. So, uh, I put a more, a couple more AK matches on my schedule this year and Kyle and, and Adam and I got out there and, and James and I, most all of us on this call actually, um, got out there and, and hammered um all over the place so yeah it's been fun enjoying it nice and uh kyle are you still with us did we lose kyle hey kyle kylie kyle all right we'll come back to kyle he must have got uh, arrested by the ford police (laughs) ken allen yeah, man. So thank you for having me on with you guys. It's it's a real pleasure and an honor. Uh, you know, basic background, you know, as Jeremy had alluded to, my focus is slightly different than a lot of the other guys that are on, on the screen tonight. Um, I am mostly a defensive level type shooter and instructor. And I have competed. I shot IDPA for a while. I still do occasionally. And I'm going to start shooting more two and three gun competitions I shot competitively in college. That was mostly small bore as well as high power NRA types of shooting. Um, 
But I, my, my passion is instruction. You know, I, I thoroughly believe that knowledge is most powerful when given to another. That's kind of my mantra. And I've always had an affinity for the Kalashnikov platforms, um, whether they be the traditional AKs or whether they be the Galils or anything else in between. I started Kalashnikov, and, uh, as some people call it, uh, back in 1988. That was the first time I had an oh, opportunity wow, to shoot, shoot the AK. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little while back. It was a B-West receiver, believe it or not, um, built with uh, Chinese parts. So, um, you know, moved on to a Norinco gun after that, and then uh, eventually moved my way up and into uh, the Galil platforms, which uh, Jeremy helped me out with. And IDWI has been a wonderful supporter for a long time. I've been, I've been around this industry for, for quite a bit. Um, some of you might know I worked for uh, one of the other companies for many, many years, um, about eight and a half, nine years. I taught at one of the nationally and internationally acclaimed academies. They sent me around the country and, and outside of CONUS in order to teach uh, individuals, police departments, SWAT teams, uh, other instructors, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, it was actually the AK platform that drove me to take a very deep step um, out of my own. And I was very fortunate to land on my feet eventually and, and make something of this. The AK world and the people in the AK world, as has been noted, are absolutely amazing people. Um, they are of heart rather than of uh, you know any other kind of substance. They literally do this because they love it. Um, it was also... You know, a couple of you guys have said how people really get into it. They understand the intricacies of where these firearms and the platforms come from, where the parts come from, how they're assembled, where they're assembled, you name it. Yeah. They have far more in-depth knowledge and background in some of the intricacies of these systems than, than I'll ever be able to absorb. And I am always learning stuff from my students and folks in the community that join us. Yeah, and I, I but, think that's the great thing about the AK, too, is that... You know, there's there's no one company that's exactly like the other. You know, there's always something different about them. And, you know, I think that's probably out of necessity why shooters have to learn, you know, their own AK and, you know, all the little nuances about their brand and their AK that they have, which country it's from and the parts that it uses. And I think that that plays a big part in um, the nostalgia that they eventually get into and the history of it. So, and, and that's the great thing about the AK is it does have a deep, rich history. It really does. And these folks love to share it around. Um, you know, we, we have folks coming in to our events. You know, our, the event that I run is, is Kalashtober, um, typically has been in October and we moved it to September this past year. We were sold out last year and sold out this year. Um, it's a different style event. It's based in and around defensive types of shooting, but we have a competition aspect to it. Um, as Jeremy alluded to, that is actually how you start to really truly learn. It's one thing to be on the, the semi-square range and start moving around, but when you add that complexity of not knowing where the targets are, what the targets are, having to make intelligent decisions on what to shoot, when to shoot, how to shoot it, um, that's where really the rubber meets the road. But our people have come from... Uh, probably about 17, 20 different states. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though we are up in the Arctic, <laughs> up, in, up in New Hampshire, uh, people do come out. We usually attract people out of the New England states, uh, out of the, some of the Midwestern states and some of the Southern states and as far 
west and south as Texas this year and last year. Um, really great folks. You know, and most people know I, I do travel throughout the country instructing, and Texas is one of our stops. Florida is a stop. Um, this next year, we're looking at being in Nevada and Arizona. We do go to Illinois um, and wherever else we might be invited to, to to do some work. Tennessee, baby. Tennessee, come down. Let's make Absolutely. it happen. Yeah, let's, let's set it up. Let's do it. Um, I'm sure we'll be back to Florida pretty soon. I know we're going back to Texas. Those guys are, are great. We, we love getting together with those folks. Hell yeah. But yeah, the crew that comes out, they, these people are just, they're amazing. Um, it is a community. It, it truly is. And that's what the events are based upon. It doesn't matter how much instruction, how much competition. It's all about the folks getting together. And uh, no exaggeration, within 20 minutes to an hour, a good portion of them have exchanged telephone numbers and or emails and or on uh, social media with one another. Yeah, It's Amazing, and it's it's true pleasure and a blessing to be part of this. So, a question that I get a lot from our listeners, or if I'm out and I run into, into somebody, they're like, "How do I get in into competition shooting? How do I get involved with one of these, you know, with one of these shoots?" Uh, let's just kind of go around the table and talk uh, about your. Can you guys own. hear me now? Sorry. Well, look here, there's Kyle. There, hey. there he is. Jesus, man. I think I liked it better with the camera off, but okay. <laughs> still no camera. I downloaded Skype now and still no camera. Oh, I see friend. your face. We Don't see you worry, Bubba. No, you're good. You're oh, good. wow. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm not in the spirit world anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, don't be doing any stuff that's legal in California on the camera, bud. Dude, that's like everything I do. <laughs> so, Kyle, introduce yourself to our listeners. All right. So, I'm uh, Kyle Litzy. Um, been shooting competitively for about five years now uh before that i played like everybody else everybody else had some vice of uh that got their adrenaline fix for me i, I played competitive paintball for like 12 years um the kind with the air bunkers and stuff for if you ever seen that on tv um so yeah i did that i was always into guns i um i guess i I thought a Boogaloo was coming before anybody knew what a Boogaloo was. Like I bought an SKS when I was 14 and uh, started <laughs> stockpiling ammo. So uh, You sound like Andrew. I, yeah. Buddy, yeah. <laughs> a buddy of mine has been on the show, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I started – I've been shooting my whole life, real guns, shot paintball like super competitively. Um, and then I actually got into this because I heard about Red October. That was the first thing I saw on YouTube – and it looked awesome, and I had AKs by that time. I had I didn't even own an AR, so um, yeah, went and shot a USPSA match to kind of like learn the rules. Found that locally, and just fell in love with it. Uh, a buddy of mine forced me to come to a three gun match the next weekend, and uh, I didn't want to do it because I thought the shotguns with the tube sticking out looked stupid, <laughs> and wanted nothing to do with it. And here I am. I shoot like. <laughs> You know, multiple three-gun matches, uh, usually plays pretty well. Uh, you asked about international uh, matches. I actually yeah. shot the, the Rifle World Championship uh, in Sweden in 2019. Um, what is that, and, the Rifle uh, World Championship? So, that, so that's IPSC rifle. Like, um, I'm sure you're familiar with IPSC, um, okay. IPSC with, with pistols yeah. um, for for rifle in Europe, they don't have any three gun matches really. It's it's each discipline individually. So I went and shot um, IPSC rifle. It's a hit factor scored match. Uh, There's about 600 people from all over the world, and I flew to Sweden with my AR-15, which was uh, just pretty cool. 
didn't know you could do that. And um, and uh, it was probably the that'd have been shitty if you couldn't, right? <laughs> What's that? I said that would have been shitty if you found out that oops, I wasn't supposed to bring that here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think once I filled out all the forms and everything, it was good. But um, yeah, that was great. It was a thirty stage match, and I was it that on a military base there, right? And yeah, it was on a military base, um, and everything was like made by carpenters. Like all the stages were on these platforms. Um, they thought of everything, like anything that was going to get shot and blown up by muzzle brakes. They had twenty pieces to swap out and change it for you know every squad, and it was just amazing the level of uh, no resetting. They had people to reset everything and the, the quality of the match was like unbelievable so you could take um, any kind of rifle you wanted um so it's hit factor so 223 you you actually have to chrono um you have to make hit power factor and basically you can make minor with a 223 or 556 um and it's not powder puff you got to load them pretty close to like what a factory round would be and then you can make major with 308 and Basically, the targets, there's so many targets that are far, it's not worth shooting major. It's totally, nobody placed well shooting major, basically. <laughs> cool. Very good. So we got so a, cool. we got an international competitor here. That's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. And yeah, I was, I was going to mention, um, so yeah, Jeremy Jeremy hit me up this year about, you know, shooting shooting for IWI and I'd been shooting the AK matches that we're, we're talking about for years. And I've won a few red Octobers and clash bashes. And, um, I already thought I kind of made my gun unfair. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I started shooting a Galil this year and I was like, Oh yeah, this is like totally unfair. <laughs> it's a, it's a smooth shooting, really, really great platform. And I shoot a seven, six, two, uh, seven, six, two by three, nine, even, I agree that five four five is a superior caliber, but man, if you're going to shoot an AK match, I like shooting an AK caliber. <laughs> so we were we we're kind of heading in the direction of if somebody's wanting to get into the competition shooting, and you said you came from the paintball world, and you watched a YouTube video, and that inspired you to to get involved in competition shooting, uh, Kyle. Yeah, and then yep. you had a buddy that invited you, and and kind of. It was over from there. Um, just go around the room here and just the others talk about kind of how you um, got involved with it. Maybe get some tips to our listeners on how they can get involved and, and take part. Who wants to start? Adam looks like he wants to talk uh, this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, awkward silence. Um, yeah, so, uh, I actually started like, uh, Kyle did actually, um, I started with paintball forever ago and, and traveled around doing that and then wanted to try shooting real guns. My, my dad wanted to as well. And so we went to a USPSA match and, uh, honestly, to my, in my opinion, it's the easiest way to start shooting competition is go to USPSA, uh, that's United States pistol or wherever it is. Um, that's a pistol association, right? Practice, pistol association. And, uh, you know, USPSA, if you look that up. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a pistol only, or it's a, a pistol caliber carbine. And it's one of the easiest ways to start. You pretty much need one thing. You need your gun, you need a holster, you need some magazines. Um, that's honestly about it. And if you have a, if you have a pistol caliber carbine, you need a bag, <laughs> um, for, for those rules. But it's, it's one of the funnest things. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely got some interesting people in there. Um, there's a lot of cool guys like us there too, that, uh, they'll, they'll talk shop with you all the time and have fun. Uh, and, and that's honestly, I mean, for 20 bucks, you can go out there and, and shoot. 
right? And yeah. I mean, at least in my opinion, the only way to, to get into it is just to go do it. I mean, you're, you're going to go out there and, and the main goal is being safe and learning and, uh, and, and just meet people and talk to them and you'll upgrade your equipment over time. And I'm going to guess a lot of us probably started with, you know, a, a Glock 19 or a Glock 17 or something like that. And, you know, probably 34. a Glock holster, Glock 34. Ooh. You know, the freaking holster that came with it, the three mags you got with it, and, uh, you know, some blazer brass or something like that. And uh, that's that's how you start. It's the best thing you can do, and, and you're going to learn so much. And the, the shooting community is unlike any other. I mean, the AK community is a whole different community, but the shooting community in general, those dudes will give you the shirt off their back. They will, you know, give you tools yeah. if you need them. They'll give you – I mean, I've given people ammo before when, when we had newer shooters who needed ammo and didn't bring enough. I mean, these dudes will, I mean, they'll, they'll give you a hundred bucks and stuff to make sure your first time is just a baller time and you want to come back. And it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to find that anywhere else where, where guys who are generally alpha mentalities will just do everything and anything to make sure your first time makes you want to come back a second time and a third time and a fourth time yeah. and a fifth time. Um, and the guys in this room are, are definitely those guys. I mean, it, it, it really is like this group is, we'll do that. Um, so that's, and that's, that's been my, that my experience too, to not only just the AK, but any of the, the shooting competitions, the three guns. I mean, I've even seen guys let guys use other guys use their guns, you know, their, their guns will break down for whatever reason. They're like, here, shoot mine. And they're more than happy to do that because they want them to see how good their shit is. <laughs> it's like, that's what they I want to, they want to brag about how good their, school. their equipment is. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to show Whoa. off the Glio. So guy in our squad had his uh, optic go down. The battery died. No big deal. And, uh, he didn't have a battery or anything like that. I'm like, Hey, you can run my gun. We were in the same division. Like completely said, he's like, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, you're going to put 40 rounds on it. Uh, that's totally okay. Cool. And he got to see how awesome the Glio was. And he thanked me afterwards. I'm like, no man, it's no big deal. Like I'm happy to help, you know, yeah. I wish, you know, cool. I, the uh, the the old uh, idea that AKs don't break, uh, in my experience, I love AKs, but they break, <laughs> and they break way more than ARs. And a uh, good friend of mine, Jay Lizo, his his went down uh, at Red October just a couple weeks ago, and and uh, Michael Hill made it through all of October without being cleaned, uh, all the matches, and ran like a champ. I'm like, hey, let's add one more match to it, and he shot that Galil the the whole match, <laughs> and uh, did great with it. <laughs> Well, so to, to caveat, to add to that, what you're saying, uh, Lefty, is that I think the biggest reason why shooters and re like actual shooters are so willing to hand off their rifle and or pistol and or shotgun, depending on where you're at, and uh, Ken, you can probably speak to this too, is that um, there's a lot of people that just don't fully understand what a tuned rifle system is capable of doing or a tuned pistol for that matter. Um, they get it out of the box, uh, they take it to the range, it's great. It's factory setup and whatnot. And a lot of people have this misconception that if I'm going to put competition, and I'm air quoting competition product on there, that somehow it's going to make it re less reliable. And when people tell me that, I'm like, you realize that there are people in this conversation right now that make their living based off of pulling a trigger at a high level, racing a clock. Why would they put something that's not reliable on the weapon system but the bulk of the time these people are put there when they're handing a shotgun rifle or pistol over and if the ak matches softly just an ak um for any stretch of imagination it's a tuned weapon system a finely tuned weapon system and people are their minds are blown they're like my gun can get to this 
You mean to tell me it can go to that? And I'm not going to lose reliability. I'm not going to lose the durability. No, actually, you're putting less stress on the gun because we're under, you know, we're pulling some gas off the system. We're, we're making these mag changes easier. We're doing things that are racing a clock, but it's doing nothing but enhancing you as a shooter to become a better shooter. And nine times out of 10, their minds are blown. Like, wait a minute. Like, there's these parts available. I'm in. Where do I go buy them? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think that goes a long way, too, with, you know, the sponsorships and, you know, for the shooters to be able to showcase, you know, who's got them to their point in their career at this, at this time, too. And that's, that's an awesome way yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, when I set out to go get, to go get shooters right for IWI, um, Honestly, I could care less how much you're going to win. Um, I'm looking for two things. One, um, how good of an ambassador you're going to be to the company. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I have that mentality like the military does. If you're going to represent my company, you're going to represent it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And with that, I'm also looking with people who can think. And not necessarily think like um, just quickly, whatever. But, you know, Kyle and Matt and the rest of these guys, I mean... They are constantly sending us feedback. Ken as well are sending us feedback on what the weapon systems are doing in the field. Where can we improve on the next generation? And all this information is being pushed back to our engineers in Israel saying, have you entertained this idea? Have you looked at this? Um, at the end of the day, you know, we're not 100% engineers. But we're trigger pullers and competitive shooters and, and just really anybody in the, in the, that's a true shooter in the United States is putting more rounds in a non-controlled environment through their weapon systems in an average month than most people are doing it in a year. So, you know, when we're looking at updating the weapon system, these guys uh, on this call and many others are getting, getting phone calls and prototypes and they are absolutely destroying product in the process to tell me like, where can we continue to improve? And, you know, there's plenty of trigger pullers out there, but can you tell me where I can improve is going to be the next question. I, I think people see the value in that. Um, they see the value in competition shooters. There's proof in that. I mean, like one to six optics, LVPO optics. Uh, as far as I know, that kind of started in competition shooting. Yeah. And it's really taken off, even in the defensive realm. You know, guys are shooting at competition as well as from the defensive side. It, it just it can't be beat for all the all the lengths and distances you can use that thing for. Yeah, and I think that that's what competitions are good for. Also, is it's pushing a, a product to its limit, so that the manufacturers can see how far it, it can go, and then they make the improvements from there. And you know, not only for the competitions, but just for everyday use as well. Absolutely, yeah. it's definitely a breath of fresh air. If you've ever, um, if anyone's ever worked, whether it's inside the industry or in their in their professional career, if you've ever worked with. Um, an outfit or, or a, a company, a brand, an organization that isn't interested in innovation and isn't interested in growth and isn't interested in, in real expansion and making a difference and making an impact on their communities and on their cultures and, and in their industry. Um, it's frustrating. You know, I've, I've worked with a couple of companies that um, they weren't interested in that. And that's, I'd say that's fine. I mean, I guess that's the polite way to say it, but it's just, it's not what it's not what I'm interested in. And um, I know I know all of these guys on this call. I don't know you Ken very well, but I know all these other knuckleheads are tinkers. And uh, and we like to we like to twist the tune and and Kyle Kyle's probably like the granddaddy of, of all of us <laughs> tinkers on here because he, 
he plays with like machinist tools and things like that but uh but it's fun you know it's i mean i think life's too short to take yourself super seriously and not have some fun and 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 twist it and make it better and and break it and rebuild it and doing it with cool people is always uh always a pleasure well and to 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 answer your question left of what you said like how do you get in competition honestly social media and show up um we bring iwi specifically i can't speak to everybody but if we are sponsoring the event we have spare rifles ready to go zeroed we have a bay for anybody to go grab them all you have to do is get on our squad so that you have an iwi employee with you you bring the ammunition we'll make sure it's running everything's checking out okay we put KNS pistons in guns for a reason just because we can tune the gas depending on your ammunition subset <clears throat> adam um, and then I knew that was coming. <laughs> I'm up there with you, dude. It's okay. Uh, so we bring extra rifles, and we tell people to come out and have a good time. At the end of the day, our goal and and I did an interview at Clash Bash, and I and I and I'll and I'll stand behind that. I'm a firm believer in the the securement of the Second Amendment is getting people moving and shooting because standing flat footed on a range is absolutely the most boring boringest thing that anybody can do. Do you need to learn the fundamentals? Absolutely. Don't disagree with that. Do you need to be safe? Absolutely. But you can be safe in moving in a direction to the end of the objective under duress with a time. And then the next year you'll be a little faster and the next year you'll be a little faster. What people don't fully understand sometimes is that they look at the people on this call and they're moving so much faster. And it's like, they're not pulling the trigger any faster than you. They're just doing everything in the middle faster. Yeah. And then when you take that and combine it, it just it's it's overwhelming. It's nerve wracking for for a lot of people. But don't get don't kid yourself. Every person on this call, very first stage, very first match of the year, their buttholes are equally as tight because they ain't done anything <laughs> for the last six months to you know whatever, and they're nervous, right? You know, yeah. Ken lives up in the Arctic. Matt Kitz Miller's living up in the Arctic now. Ground's frozen six months out of the year. We can't do shit. Um, we so, do <laughs> yeah so you know kyle's in freaking Cal Ca california they don't have very many guns they can actually legally own out there anyway <laughs> so he's probably illegal um, with one he's got anyway right <laughs> yeah so my you know the biggest we thing i can tell, tell people is you know get online you know practice check up find a match uspsa rifle shotgun just show up and take a look what's going on if it's if you're interested in the ak and the in the comp block error type weapon systems there ain't but a handful of them out there and they advertise them very well come out there bang any one of us on this call will gladly hand you a rifle hell i mean i shot the match at, at red october and then allowed a dude to run our 21 in for three stages because he just wanted to he's like hey man i'm not going to do very well i'm like yeah i don't i don't care it's your ammunition and he ran a machine gun. He's done that every single year. The very last stage he ran a machine of every gun. <laughs> yeah, he puts a D60 in it. And the very last stage of every Red October we have gone to, that is like his like. I could care less about the match. This is what I'm here for. And he D60 great... D60 works in a five five six, boys. Just for the record. <laughs> so sweet. You know, get out there, try it. Um, you know, even if you don't own it, most people gladly feed it to you. Um, but you got to sign up for it, right? You got you got to take that step. That's the key. You have to take the step of saying, you know what? I'm probably going to be humbled, and that's okay. 
because I'm going to come back and stomp you next year and rock on. And I, and I encourage that, right? If you're going to put the effort into beating some of these, of these top-level shooters, you know, Matt and Kyle, Josh, you know, Zach, um, Max, Leah Grandis, and those boys that are, are, are very high-level shooters in their disciplines, if you're going to put that effort in there, rock on, dude. They want that. I promise you. They want you to bang with them on a high level. <laughs> And you know it's funny, Jeremy. You're talking about how mesmerized people are that you can do these things to their guns, and, and I think people who haven't shot competition, like they don't even understand their gear. Like if they have a great gun or a crappy gun, a gun that recoils a lot or a gun that shoots soft, it doesn't make any difference, and they have no clue until they start doing stuff under pressure and realizing like oh, I need to shoot this target, this little steel AC zone, at 50 yards twice as fast as I can. And they, it takes forever because they're getting jarred around and by their stock AK-47 with a slant muzzle brake and untuned gas system. And then you start to realize the things that are holding you back. And then you can make, like, educated decisions. Like, it's not only that you, the pressure and getting better as a shooter and – it affecting your shooting skills, but also changing your gears, your gear in ways that make sense. Absolutely. I mean, you're not going to know that until you go shoot. Maybe that wish plate carrier isn't the greatest and you won't know until you're on the clock. (laughs) (laughs) And and the thing is, is that in this community, there's divisions for that armor division. You are carrying, you're in full helmet, full kit, real plates, um, and water, full water kits, and all mag changes are coming from one can come from the belt, and then the rest have to come from the chest, and that's an entire division. It's a uh, well, uh, it's a category, I believe. I'm, I misspoke. It's a category. Um, you still have to shoot, obviously, your seven six two, five four five, or five five six, respectively, with irons or optics. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to run around in the Texas heat or the Las Vegas metro area in heat and full kit, rock on. Um, there's a division for that. So let's let's talk about that. I think I think that answers our question on how people can can get involved in this. It's just, you know, find an event and go to it and do it. Your local ranges probably have things set up. So you could go to your local range. You can always email me, talkinglet@gmail.com. Let me know where you're at and I'll find a, an event for you to to attend. Same thing with these guys. I'm sure they'd be happy to do the same. And using, like Jeremy said, using social media. I mean, I'm, I know most of us. I'm sure all of us on this call um, are constantly fielding, fielding, you know, DMs about all kinds of whether it be like basic gunsmithing to um, how to how to get how to get started shooting. Um, but it's hum- it's humbling. So a lot of people they don't they don't want to take the first step, and that first step's the the most humbling and challenging one. But it's super rewarding after that. You know, you learn, you grow. You know, it, it sucks. It's awesome. It sucks. It's awesome. You're nervous. And I haven't gotten past the nervous part. I think, I think I'll probably stop shooting if I'm not nervous anymore. Cause I just, yeah. I mean, I kind of like everybody else, I, I came from a competitive, you know, all kinds of competitive things, um, before I came to shooting and it's, it's a, it's an absolute blast. It's a hoot. Well, that means you're getting complacent if you're not nervous anymore. Yeah. You didn't spend all that money with Ken Allen to learn defensive tactics and not have a place to apply <laughs> defensive tactics yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're probably gonna be waiting for bad guys to come for a long ass time and might as well go shoot some paper and some steel while you're at it heck yeah so let's do this let's uh let's kind of go around the table here and 
because you know I know a lot of the questions are going to be you know what are your setups what are you running uh, type thing but before we get into that I want to talk about some of the events and the events that you guys have personally attended and shot uh, and rank them maybe um, like hardest funnest uh, you know let's put little labels on them so as you're going through talking about the events that you've shot in and that you've done label them as you know one of those kind of yeah. categories so let's just make this let's start it easy so uh we'll start with ak masters okay so i i think that's going to be probably just kits miller and adam go ahead adam yeah so AK, ak masters is um that's one that uh, it was definitely an ak match and they're starting the community feel now that's the it was the first year this year so they're just getting into that um really well put on uh the stages were very very good and we had people there from literally a guy who unboxed a galil at the event put a mag in it and walked out and started shooting to guys like kits miller and jeff and or james and i mean guys were like running guns um and so it's it it can go from anything to everything and uh that was one of those events that uh you know iwi was there distant arms was there and i don't know how many how many questions we fielded how many guns we helped set up how many guns we helped tune um how many magazines we lent out how much ammo we gave away um it was a gr that that match specifically was an awesome match and uh one of the best parts was the the overall winner um he got a uh, track suit and they had to do they had him do his <laughs> squat with his ak for the photos awesome. and he's a big dude i mean the dude's like six threes in a track suit sweating like a whore in church nice. and uh i mean that sweat suit was something you'd never want to have after that because i think it was full of sweat but uh you know because it's, it's what in middle of june it's like 90 90 to 100 degrees out in freaking uh south carolina at clinton house and the dude's in a full velour track suit after winning that's great um uh and he shot a pcc which shouldn't count but whatever <laughs> that's that's stuff you don't see at a, a you know like a normal three gun or or AR competition, you know, stuff like that. No, hundred percent. You said that's, this one that was. Is, uh, yeah, go ahead. That is the AK. That is the AK crowd. That is, uh, it is, it is the salt of the earth. And honest to God, Jeremy knows my favorite events of the entire year are AK matches because you just can't beat it. Now you said this was a Palmetto State Armory uh, put on event. Yes. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. And who else shot it? Kyle. I shot it. Um, oh, okay, Adam man. and I shot on the same squad, and um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. Wrong, Adam. But I'm pretty sure you and I were were the only like normal like people that competed that compete regularly, and most most <laughs> of the other folks in our squad, I, I think uh, maybe they shoot a couple AK events, you know, a year if they've ever shot any. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think uh, if, if if you if you would have asked a survey question, they've been like, so these two guys in jerseys were running around like Superman. <laughs> Diving all over the place, shooting stuff really fast, and we don't know what happened, but man, their times were pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that was my first. I mean, my first AK um, event was was last year um, at my home club in Mesa, which I had a part in 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 helping and, and designing and and um, and coming up with with different concepts. And so it's basically my normal three gun community with you know some different guns. Um, so this was my first real like AK event. Um, and it was it was an absolute it, it was crazy it was a culture shock really I mean I'd never seen anything like it yeah but overall I mean it had a um, it had a three gun maybe like a USPSA kind of feel to it so it was a 
it wasn't a, a super hard match, but it was technical enough where, where you know, those of us that, that shoot regularly could really go out there and, and push it and have some have some fun. It was a good blend of, of up close and, and, and wide open paper targets and, and you know, tight tight targets and um, some no shoots and, and some steel at a little bit of distance. And uh, it was it was an absolute blast, man. I, I'd never been to the Clinton house. That that facility was uh, was a, a pretty good choice. Um, I, I brought my dad out there, my side by side, and ran around and, and had an absolute blast, man. It was uh, it was good, it was super fun. And for those that are listening to this when this is published, uh, they are having a Winter Wonderland match there, uh, Palmetto State Armory, AK AK match uh, called Winter Wonderland at the Clinton House there in Clinton, South Carolina, in December, I believe. Very cool. Nice. What's the, um, so what's the, the next, next match would have yeah. been Kalash Bash, and I believe uh, James and everybody else has been there. So um, we'll let James and Kyle take this one for a little bit for a ride. Well, I was going to say there was the Arizona match before that. There was the uh, Red October uh, Cold War. Cold War, yeah. Well, I was going to do the Red Octobers together. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> My bad. Let Jeremy run so, the show. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the <laughs> assistant here. Hush, you co-host. <laughs> yeah. All Don't right, give so, Jeremy any power. It's just it's this just goes right through his head. I love it. Straight. Yeah. It's the less I have to do. <laughs> yeah. So go with uh, KB. All right. So as the resident Texan, I'll take the Texas match. Um, it was a good time. It's held in Eagle Lake, the ranch at Texas. Um, it was a great time held on uh, by Clayco, and uh, he had one other partner uh, from uh, Kyber Customs. Third, yeah, Third Pin Threads, uh, yep. uh, Tony. Yeah, and then uh, Lan and Mike from Dissident uh, hailed the match. So, like I said, these things are events. Um, so, it had 700, and like I said, 800 people at the match and only 250 competitors. So, they had twice the number of people who were just spectating, checking out the vendors, hanging out. I mean, it's really a community event. Um, match was two days. Uh, great event. I thought it was a... It was a little bit more difficult, but it was very accessible to a new shooter and the new shooter community. But for the people who wanted to go fast, they could. Uh, and it had a lot of things that you would normally not see. Again, when you're stuck on a flat range, there was a stage where you would shoot uh, from an elevated position on a ridge down into a ravine. So you got to shoot at different ranges. You got to shoot at steel. A lot of new shooters to this community is not shooting steel at distance. Uh, it's not a thing that they normally get to do. This got to let you stretch your legs and your AK a little bit, show the platform that it can do it, especially my Galil. Uh, ran great. Uh, was able to ring steel, no problem. Um, and... It was a good time. Uh, like I said, uh, it was a good blend of challenge and fun, um, and it really delivered on that aspect. Uh, the community aspect was great. The vendors were great, um, and there was a big, huge bonfire with a DJ and lights and lasers. It was a really an event, and the people made it a great time. Um, and they have a campground too. Oh yeah, I think it's. I think um, Clash Bash is a great match because. The stages are like these wide open Texas stages where you have a lot of movement and um, you have like not, none of the target presentations are super difficult, but it still is going to challenge the top shooters to really weed out who's the best shooter. But at the same time, like you said, it's accessible to anybody. Everybody's going to be anybody who shows up with a gun that's zeroed, which is not everybody that showed up. Uh, <laughs> No. As, as Clay no. said in the awards, <laughs> like, you guys did really bad. <laughs> but um, it, it's totally accessible. Uh, 
and it's super fun because you got all this movement, shooting on the move, you're running different angles, you're shooting the gun unshouldered over the top of a wall and, you know, underneath little slits. So as far as that goes, it's a, I think it's a great balance for an AK match. And then um, as far as like the culture, it's there's Texas has got its own AK culture. It, it's its own beast there. And, mm-hmm. and they get wild, man. I pulled up to that party that they had going Saturday night, and there's just like a, a giant tree in the middle of a field that they just torched. There's a huge bonfire, <laughs> like you said, and music blasted. I'm like, wow, this is, this is cool. Yeah, they actually have a campground that everybody can go to, which is cool. <laughs> yep. So they give you the option, and, of course, it fills up. that People can camp out, and then they have that huge and party. They, and, and they bring 18-wheelers in for, like, air conditioned showers and bathrooms so it's not like you're you're roughing it but you're not really roughing it so no, not for you um, know, a couple of days you know it's and the thing about kv that i think it um is it's put you know, mike and land put on the competition side of it and they are high level multi-gunner you know action shooters in general so they're not going to test you as far as props they're going to test you with 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 round count they're going to run the round counts up. So each stage, um, almost it did require you a mag change. So you were having to move on the run on a high, high walk, high sprint, um, do a mag change. Uh, and then as Ken calls it, you know, rollover prone, junkyard prone, things in that nature. There was many people that didn't understand, you know, cause Mike and land put them in positions where they had to roll the rifle to one direction or the other. And they're missing steel at 50, 60, 70 yards. And they just didn't understand the trajectory of their rounds because they've always ever shot North South. They've never shot it um, on an East West uh, plane, but also having to shoot off of a single four by four, not understanding that the AK system, while great, it also has its flaws being, a non-free float system and they can't understand why they're missing full-size chest plates at 35 yards and they're shooting six foot on top of them and that's because they're torquing down on that on their rail that they put on it on their gun and it's attached to the barrel and it's pushing the barrel you know to the end of the bay uh so people learned a lot about their weapon systems but that's what mike and land do is they push round counts and they put they put you in inter- interesting positions and then as far as the, the, the event that Clay and Tony put on, um, look, guys, we shoot 5,000 rounds of 5.56, 5,000 rounds of 7.62 by 39, and I shift no ammo from uh, Clash Bash to Red October. Um, I had to ship other ammo to Red October. We brought our machine guns. We put we load the mags. You pay to come to the event, and we let you burn our guns down. They, they have suppressors. <laughs> they're machine guns. They're not my guns. I don't care if you melt them. Have a great day. Um, they tried. And it, they tried definitely. Oh, they tried, and and then you know there's there's people on staff, KNS, Red, uh, RS Regulate from Scott, Scott and those boys were there. If they're part of that AK community, they are there to to sell you product. They're there to help you with any issues. I mean, Scott was installing rails on the on the on the range. Um, I had people grabbing me wanting to. Um, purchase rifles and we weren't there selling rifles but other dealers were there selling rifles as adam said i mean we had a gentleman on our on when uh we myself and kits miller and another gentleman uh josh fralick uh we ro'd on friday and we literally had a guy um open his iwi box pull his iwi galil 
out of a blue cellophane bag, which is what we ship it in, <laughs> cut cut the um, stop sign off, which is basically like, hey, you need to pull the chamber flag out, load his rifle, and said, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, um, you are. <laughs> uh, rock on, bud. And he, and he was banging targets, but he was a little bit right. And he goes, hey, man, how do I adjust this right? And I'm like, well, the, the rear sight has a direction and a, and a, and a number. Or a direction in a in a in an R. Let's go that way and go. But he had a great time. Shot the match great, and um, yeah, it's just an overall, it's a good time. And that's a good point. I mean, with people that are that are dipping their toes in, especially rifle matches where you might be shooting from you know five yards to fifty yards, maybe a hundred yards. Um, I think I think we feel that those questions, Jeremy, um, between you, Josh, and I, I think we feel that those questions once they once different competitors especially the newer folks once they understood what questions to ask and they didn't understand why you know, they're shooting at 50 yards and their impacts are you know six feet you know right or six feet left i think those are the questions that we fielded um the most and those are the questions that a lot of people don't know to ask and and knowing where where your zero is and then also knowing where where your zero where you're gonna where your point of impact is at 10 yards so say you have a 50-yard zero. Okay, where, where does it hit exactly at 10 yards? Where does it hit at 25? Where does it hit at 60, at 100? And using paper to, to really give you a, 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 true, um, a true idea and in, in, in knowing where those point of impacts are will go a long way because I, I saw a lot of people when we were ROing and in our squad when we were shooting that they just they were getting frustrated. And once they understood you know where their impacts were, they could make those corrections. And you could tell even the, the folks that were – you know, I'm just here for a good time. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not very competitive, which is, you know, kind of the kiss of death. And a lot of people stay that. A lot of people say that, but very few stay in that mindset. Most of them, they want to progress. They, they, the competitive side, especially with, with dudes. You know, we want to do better. And why is that guy whooping my ass? You know, I'm just as strong. I'm just as fast. And um, so it, it kind of pushes and and pushes, you know, each individual competitor. So I don't that's think a, anybody's as fast as James after he's drank a Red Bull. <laughs> he should be banned from drinking Red Bull. Period. Just <laughs> He's just a motorhead to begin with. So his speed. He was built for speed. But I got to get my yeah, fast to take chances. It's not my fault. So I was mainly on the you know the spectator side, the event side of that event, and you know compared to other events that I've been to, uh, it, it was very interactive. It was more interactive than any. A range day or competition shoot that I've ever been to as far as the the spectators, that side of things, because they really get you involved. And just like IWI had you know, their booth set up to where people could come and they could shoot, uh, there was other ones that had you know, little mini competitions that were set up that maybe get people in the mindset of maybe you know, next year I'll actually sign up and I'll do the competition. So just, just to give them a little taste of you know, the timing, the pressure, uh, the stress that they go through in, in shooting the competition, but they also win prizes. So, you know, that's a, that's an awesome thing that a lot of other events, non AK events that I've been to that they don't really do is, you know, they give prizes to not only the competitors, but the people who attend just to spectate and, and support the whole event too. And they're really nice prizes too. I mean, it's not like they're giving away, Shirts and hats—they're giving away guns to these to these people. So, yeah, we gave away a Galil. Basically, <laughs> a random a random two people selected, and they had to drag race to the end of the range, touch a target, grab a patch, and bring it back to me. 
by drag race. That's make awesome. sure you clarify that means foot race, like foot. Yeah, race. yeah. Foot race. Uh, like take their shoes off. Home, homeboy in blue jeans and cowboy boots laid the hurt. So let me tell you. <laughs> That's you know, some, awesome. some other obstacles it, at that range was they had wildlife running around. They, yeah. were, they had these exotic deer that didn't give a shit that you were shooting were guns. Close. No, they, they'd run right across the range while you're, while you're shooting, and you'd have to stop, you know, shooting because they're endangered. You're not supposed to shoot them or whatever, but, you know, and you could actually die at that range, too, because there's rattlesnakes and <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> turtles, dude. Turtles, yeah, snapping turtles, lose a toe. <laughs> Don't tell Josh. <laughs> uh, so, what's our next event? Let's get to our next one. So, the next one is going to be uh, Red October Cold Wars, uh, Rio Salado, um, Phoenix, Arizona. Kit Miller and Kyle shot that this year. Okay. Go, Kyle. Yeah. So, um, as far as AK matches go. Uh, difficulty wise it's on a whole nother level it's uh it, it's a full-blown three-gun match difficulty because uh matt's old home range there rio salado they they're one of the longest running uh three-gun matches in the country called superstition uh three-gun and basically of the same crew they're setting it up the same kind of target presentations and brains built in these stages and um for somebody like me, like, you know, a higher level competitor, I, I thought it was freaking awesome. Uh, you had memory stages, you had long range on more than half of the stages. And I'm talking like two to 300 yard shots on uh, full size uh, USPSA t- uh, steals or AC zones. Um, and you even had a moving target, a rotating moving target that only presents over the top of a steel plate oh, at 250 yards. Nice. <laughs> um on top of that, you had uh, activator sequences like you'd see in a USPSA short course, or I guess USPSA doesn't do short courses, uh, a uh, IPSC short course. Um, and it, like, you know, kind of complex looking at first sight, like, how am I going to do this? But all totally doable if you, you know, got your timing right. Um, clays, you're shooting clays at 50 yards with your AK. And uh, all around, it was just, it was a shooter's match. Like, that was one where people needed to be a little bit more prepared showing up if they wanted to actually hit all the targets. Um, And it seemed like everybody there, the match still flowed great because they've got it dialed. Uh, Real Salado, if you want to shoot a good match, that doesn't really, I don't think it really matters if it's Area 2, USPSA, if it's uh, Superstition 3-Gun, or if it's a Red October AK match. It's just like, a fantastic match that's run really well. Um, Stephanie, match director, does a great job, and all the ROs there do a great job too. And uh, yeah, me and Matt did great there. I I won it overall. And uh, where'd you finish, Matt? You're you were um, uh, third and open. Third and open. Yeah. So we <laughs> went and did great. It's like I won it. Where'd you finish, Matt? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, what Kyle, uh, no. Kyle's not telling you is Kyle had <laughs> iron sights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Went with irons. Nice. With yeah, a rocket lock. <laughs> yeah. So that match, that match, like Kyle said, is very much a challenging, aggressive, um, de- a totally different match than than all of the others. That I mean, I, I haven't shot the one in um in Vegas, but the other matches that I shot this year, AK events, um, they're they're not even close to the level of, of difficulty. So 
Yeah, it's a it's a super fun match. Like Kyle said, it was my home range. So to give you an idea of how difficult when we when we first got that, so there's a moving target, like Kyle said, um, that we shot. I think last year we shot a Kyle at a at Mystery Mountain at a, at a three gun match, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 300 yards there. Yeah, so I was there helping set up that match last year, um, the three gun match that is. And when we started talking about building that and and you know i i told him i'd help him and, and that target came in that that whole it's a whole apparatus and and it, it literally rotates 360 degrees um initially we were going to have no shoot steel plates so that if you if you miss the target and you shot the no shoot it would flash a different color and indicate every time it would flash you would incur you know penalties which you know <laughs> luckily we luckily we ran it in a, in a local a club demon, match prior to it was hard enough bro I know it. I know it. And I told them, I said, I, man, people That's are going to, this is going to eat people's lunch already. So yeah. you add that, uh, you add that element. So, so luckily they didn't, uh, they didn't include that at the, at our match at the AK match we went to there, but, um, super fun. And I think Kyle nailed it. Um, with the, the level of difficulty, um, different, different group of people, um, and challenging, you know, speed it up, slow it down, shoot at five yards, shoot at 300 yards and, and everything in between. So, Definitely, uh, definitely the the trigun of AK events. If yeah, so, so yeah. that I from a from a from a manufacturer standpoint, um, and you know I support them all. That like they they have nailed it on the barrelhead. It is a it is a shooter shooters match. It's going to test you. It's going to frustrate you, um, and they're going to stretch the distance. They stretch the distance further than any other AK match out there, and they can care less what caliber you're shooting. Know your holds and pull the trigger. Um, that's their deal. And if you don't like it, don't shoot their match. They, you know, they got plenty of people that shoot it. That's not to scare people away. It's just that, you know, they're there to test your abilities and, and that's what they're going to do. Um, and people love it. It's a great time. They run a great match, like Kyle said. And uh, I don't know that you could, you could ask for much better than that. Um, so uh, I think the next match would be Ken's uh, up in Maine. Uh, and that one's more uh, defensive tactic oriented with a competitive aspect on the back end of it. So, Ken? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, we bring people of all different skill abilities together. And our intention on the first day, it's usually a two-day uh, exercise. And the first day, we're, we're actually building competence and confidence. We're looking to provide a, a good level of basic instruction that's not basic in nature, but it's it's fundamentals times 10. Um, it literally covers what somebody might expect from a elementary walking in first touching an AK to having uh, advanced level skills. And we give them certain positional opportunities. We walk through pieces, like you mentioned, Jeremy, we, we talk about actually shooting the gun off center. Um, we're, we're using angles, we're talking about working the the sites and working our holdovers, um, understanding the intricacies of, of working in and out of confined spaces. One of the things that we always include is vehicular work. So there's a bit of vehicular dynamics in the study. Again, that's that's about working in and around confined spaces. And it also brings the, the elements of the reality of, of defensive shooting. Most of us spend a good portion of our, our life around vehicles. So if you don't know how to shoot in and around those spaces, it's it's something to learn and something to experience. So for some people, it's the first opportunity to do that. And others, it's it's expanding upon it for them. 
Um, we throw other things into the mix. You know, this year we added a, a grenade throw. Uh, oh, we, cool. we set up uh, four targets downrange and we put up barriers so grenades would bounce off the barriers. We had a hit zone. Um, we had calculated partial hit zones. So, um, you know, there would be partial points versus full points. And we had throwbacks. You know, everybody see in the movies, you know, <laughs> the grenade lands in front of the dude. He chucks it back at you. Well, we had that, too. So um, that was that was a big hit. A lot of people loved that. And uh, the two winners actually got to throw um, Soviet style airsoft grenades. So they're basically a flashbang. Yeah, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, everybody yeah. enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, those uh, those grenades are no longer available. They were they were a Russian import. But uh, hopefully somebody should have bought them it. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, but they're they're pretty awesome. But people love that side of stuff. But but we too focus on accuracy and accountability. You know, we had a deer shoot. So one of our uh, first portions of our competition is you had to come out of a vehicle and come up on the side of the door and with smoke in front of you, we, we use smoke as atmosphere for multiple reasons. One of them is to teach people for rescue skills to understand how to survive in a, uh, a burning atmosphere and also to understand levels. Uh, you start to understand you, sometimes you have to be high, sometimes you have to be medium, sometimes you have to be low. And uh, in this case, they had to shoot low in order to get under the atmosphere and see the target. And we put Christmas trees out in order to create a little forest for our, our deer targets. And uh, you had to find the right angle to shoot between. So it's a, it's a thinking person's opportunity to get out there. So even you guys that, that shoot these three guns all the time, I think you'd have a blast uh, getting out there with these guys. And and yeah, it sounds like you're they, adding they a really, lot of different really elements. Laughing at each other. Yeah, there's a lot of different elements that maybe these other ones aren't adding with the the smoke and the cars and you know all that. That, that sounds pretty cool. Yep. It is a little bit different. You know, we, we incorporate competition into both days. Um, but the first day is, is more instructional-based, more training-based. And the second day is got a little bit of um, additional features added to it, positional work that's going to work in around those vehicles. And then uh, a lot more competition, and it and it is a blast. And as everybody mentioned before, people are sharing equipment regularly. Um, you know, a three thousand dollar rifle next to a nine hundred dollar rifle, or even one that's been tricked out with um, full night vision uh, capabilities. Uh, people will literally share them about, and it happens on a regular basis. Nice. Um, other things that that we add that do a little bit different is we sponsor a, a, a dinner, get everybody together, and um, our, our event is more of a boutique-style event. It is designed for people to get together and get to know each other and spend each other, spend time with one another competing as well as learning. And um, we went out to dinner on a Saturday night. We always plan that. And we had about 95% of our folks that were attending, um, either at a sponsorship or, or shooting the event, attend the dinner that night. And to follow that up at 10 o'clock, it was pitch black. We had another partner, um, Nocturne Industries. They came out with their NVG equipment, and uh, we went through the basics of NVG. Everybody got a chance to really get a feel for what it was, try it on, see the differences between the different types of tubes, um, what it's like running you know, a singular optic versus dual tubes versus quads, um, or even stepping it up and, and putting thermal filters on and what that does. So no matter what the interest is, something's out there for them. Um, we come back the next day and we, we have a costume contest. 
So I, I enjoy the fact that somebody shot it in their in the tracksuit because we actually have our competitors shoot in their costumes. The costume isn't valid unless they've shot the competition that follows that in their costume. That that sets apart the winners. Is there like a themed costume, or can they show up like Batman or whatever? Uh, no, it's got, it's it's got to be um, Kalash from around the world. Okay. Um, the the only caveat we put to that is um, I am not a supporter of of ski. I know that's a big thing on our theater, but but we shoot at people with ski masks, so uh, we prefer they don't have that, and um, we also prefer that the the costume be um, non terrorist in basis. Again, we shoot at those people, so we would rather they not be our people. <laughs> um, I think Jeremy knows what I'm talking about with that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, just a little bit different. And, and the other thing, while I'm pointing out stuff that's a little bit different, you know, uh, the Kalash community when it comes to two and three guns um, tends to run a little bit more, I'll say, open than we do in defensive type and federal level shooting. Um, we actually run a selector regularly. So if you run a selector on an AR or on a SCAR or on a brand or whatever it is that you're shooting, we expect you to run a selector in the same fashion. So if you are not having eyes on target, that selector is unsafe. Um, if you are moving, that selector is unsafe. Um, any any sort of shift that you are not prepared to actually be on target and ready to shoot, that selector is unsafe. And it's a little bit different than some of the rules um, in other places, but it, it forces, again, um, a level of um, competence that is also on the legal side of things. So we're always talking about what are the implications of every round that you put down range, and we put an accountability to that. So we score every target. Um, we use pie plates a lot. Um, they're very easy to put up, very easy to take down, and they're very easy to score. And um, it's it's just one of those other aspects. But again, a lot of to, a lot of folks coming out. We really enjoy having them. Uh, the community is everything. It's super heartwarming. Um, I was really really thrilled this year. We had over thirty sponsors support us and over six thousand dollars in prizes. Sweet. And uh, yeah, it it was great. You know, we we had uh, one supporter which was. Um, Atlantic Farms out of Maryland. Um, those guys made one of my dreams a reality. I, I wanted to do a, a, a surplus pickup. So we did a true battlefield pickup and had a event that actually ran for about an hour and 15 minutes with uh, four teams, seven on each team. And they had to pick up uh, a surplus piece of equipment each way out, carry it through. And each time they would go up and pick up a bayonet and stab a target in order to take the rifle from that target and then they'd engage and uh they were they were trading rifles at that point and those rifles were taking on a lot of sand the uh the range that we use is is kind of like florida sand if any of you guys have been shut down in florida um that sort of sand stays in your shorts for the next month and you, you pull out uh <laughs> yeah. stuff, stuff from your bag a year later it's still got florida sand in it crabs that, up in there yeah <laughs> yeah that's what we're dealing with so we have the capability of knocking any gun down um, just because of the environment and atmosphere. But those folks were picking up the stuff. They were running with a simulated rifle that was on a sling. They had to hook it back up. They had to carry magazines at a surplus mag carrier, pick up a mag, pick up other parses. And like I said, they, they went for an hour and 15 minutes in this thing. You put and they the work, it. son. Damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, it was 80, and it was 85 degrees with 100% humidity. Oh, and shit. it was work. It was like being in Texas in, uh, in September, but it was New Hampshire. <laughs> but anyway, a little, little, little bit different. Get but good we, seafood uh, there. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. But we invite everybody to come out and join us next year. Again, it's a boutique style event. We keep it small. So people actually having a chance to, to shoot with one another and to stand and uh, get to meet one another. But please come out and join us. So on some of these costumes, no matter which competition it is, I suggest that they do like movie theme competition. Uh, or costumes. We had Rambo. Rambo that the, the AK was, was featured in. So like Rambo, Red Dawn. Yes. Uh, you know something along those lines. Be, Absolutely. They could wear the the attire from the movie. That would be kind of cool. I'd like to see that. So I think that so, wraps up. Is that all the competitions? Well, so you've got nobody shot Thunder on the Tundra. Um, just a conflict of um, timing. Sure. Um, talking to those boys for next year. I can't speak to that as a match as a whole. Um, and then Red October, the the, the granddaddy, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that started it all. It it originally started in um, St. George, Utah. Brian Nelson and his family, Ken Nelson, they own practice for, but they're also heavily involved at the time with uh, SUP, Southern uh, Utah Practical Shooters, and TPC. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, so the, the Southern Utah Practical Shooters range, uh, the state owned it and forced them to shift it um they had to move it to las vegas uh rifle dynamics has been the title sponsor for a number of years for that match uh so it made sense to move it to rifle dynamics regardless of what people think of pro gun club and i'm one of those haters and i will gladly say it again uh move the range again because pro gun club is not fun to shoot at um <laughs> but um so we've but, actually uh, had brian on the show we had him on i don't think it was this it might have been last Season it might have been this season, uh, but we did have Brian on and he did uh, talk about Red October. So so yeah, so that match. What Brian does is he's going to put you in props. Um, he's going to make you do stuff that you probably never thought you were going to do. Um, crawling under uh, Cooper tunnels that are, you know, just big enough for grown men to crawl under, but the the slat board on top is not nailed in. It's spray painted on, and if you happen to move it by the body or your gear. It's penalties. You have to shoot underneath them. You've got to come out from underneath them and shoot steel and go back in. Um, in Utah, they have a uh, uh, actually wooden tank that they make you crawl into and shoot out of. Uh, cool. I watched a couple of dudes split their noggin on that a couple times because they just didn't get low enough. Um, you know, there's uh, shaky bridges, things of that nature where you're on a suspended bridge shooting but also brian's going to put you in positions where you're shooting real fast and you're gonna to have to slow down and the way he's going to slow you down is going to make you he's going to cut out the like a almost like an iron man type circle in the middle of a target and put a clay bird there and he's going to make you drop the mag on the ground and shoot one round at it now if you miss it you could always reload but you're going to have to drop the mag again um he's going to make you slow down uh, and most of the time, that's when you're coming off of a, a, an unsupported position or you're about to pick up something heavy and run with it. Um, so uh, with this year, like I said, we've had we had the Cooper tunnels. We had the shaky bridges. We had a lot of those, um, you know, no shoe type things. But we also had to carry Lieutenant Dan back and he was 115 <laughs> pounds of steel. <clears throat> um but he's also going to push a little distance, you know, hundred. You know, this this year I think he pushed out to just just under a hundred, but sometimes he will push it to two. Um, and a decent round count, you know, two hundred fifty to three hundred rounds is uh, typically what he puts on. Um, I believe Brian. <coughs> I apologize. Brian has passed the reins off 
not maybe not a hundred percent, but most of the percentage points um, off to a gentleman out of California. Kyle will know who he is. Um, uh, but uh, yeah. the goal is to continue the match, and uh, there's a group of us p- petitioning to move it either back to St. George or move it to Rio Salado or move it to ETTS there in Dallas-Fort Worth area um, just because Pro Gun Club is it, – it's a it's the old PMC factory, and the ground is so uneven, and there's, like, boulders that are willing to come out underneath your feet, and you're crawling and crawling. It's just – it's a cool facility, but it's also Vegas. So let's yeah. just put it for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one cool thing, like Jeremy has mentioned, is, is that match specifically is like, so this year they took a uh, mini clay bird and they popped out the center of it and you had to hold it in one hand and then load your AK, rack it, and then shoot, I don't know what, 20 targets, Jeremy, maybe, uh, 15 targets, and different ports, leaning, stuff like that. And then last year, that same stage was – a bottle of vodka that uh, I'm pretty sure the ROs had drank the vodka and there was just water left. Um, and you had to put your thumb over it pretty much. And you ran the entire stage with that bottle of vodka. And if it dropped more than like, I'd say more than three or four fingernails, you you had a 60-second penalty tacked on to you. Uh, and this year, the clay bird, if you cracked that, I think it was a 30-second penalty. But it's suffered. That's cool. You wouldn't normally do that. Yeah, so like what Ken like Ken was saying, he rewards for accuracy. Brian's the same way. You hit a no shoot with Brian, it's thirty seconds. Um, so it, it it pays to be accurate, but he's also gonna like this year he printed three very close configurations of cam of camouflage of different errors, and but they were different colors as well. And depending on the stage, and you had to read the stage, you shot. You know, desert tan tiger stripes on this one, but the no shoot was the the green tiger stripe. But literally two stages later, it was switched. And if you didn't pay attention, you were you were tagging no shoots, and every target's thirty seconds if you were tagging them. Um, thirty seconds a, a, a round in target. So if you're putting two rounds on paper to neutralize it, you just got sixty seconds in penalties per target. So it it pays to pay attention, and it pays to think on the move and. Uh, understand what you're doing while you're on the move yeah i like that but those are your those are your key matches and those are your big ones does anybody have anything else to add to that one now i also saw that they're going to have kalashmas so that's in texas uh that's the Kalash- not, there's not Bash much of a guys. it's not much of a competition it's more of a gathering is that what it is uh, I, okay. um i support it uh it's clay and tony there again in texas they put on kb yeah. uh there is i don't believe there's a competition there um, Ken, you can tell me who he was, but they did last year or two years ago, not, not 2020, but 2019, they had that, um, former Spitznaz guy come over from Russia. Um, Sonny Pazikas? Um, oh. I don't remember who it was. What's that? Yeah. Eva from Center T had been there, uh, in the summertime. Okay. So he came down and, uh, and shot and whatnot with them. So that, that, that brought a lot of attention, um, cause you had actually a, a, a guy, that was in the military there in, in, in Russia come over and do classes um, cool. at the at the events, which which brought a lot of attention. Yeah, very nice. So let's do this now, because I know there's going to be several questions, so we can knock out several of our listener questions. Is this just kind of go through each each of you, talk about your setups that you have, your your kit, your gear that you run in the competitions, uh, and then we'll take the listener questions. James, go with yours. 
right, so I run a Galeo, which I happen to have right here. So we got a recoil eliminator on there, RS regulate rail, Vortex optic, Magpul stock, ALG trigger, KNS piston. Um, it's a really great setup. Um, you know, I had dissident, as mentioned before, work it over. Uh, IWI already takes an AK platform that we all know and love and just refines it, makes it better. Um, so you get a lot of the better options, the free float, or correction, the dust cover on the top that's optics ready so I can mount the UH-1 without having to buy an Ultimac like I did in my previous AK. Um, it's a really fun setup. I like it. Um, even in the 7.62, the man's caliber, um, with the Canis piston, the pistol or the KNS uh, plastic delete that allows me to run an AR grip. Um, it's really easy. The recoil control is not a problem, especially with the RS regulate rail. It allows me to drive the gun like I like. Um, it makes it really easy. Um, it's not as, again, I'm coming from a three gun background shooting. I raced out AR, which, you know, 223 is not anything to, sneeze or to worry about for recoil. The 762 has got a little bit more, but I mean, it's nothing to worry about. And just, you know, knowing the thing that I would say for a new shooter to be the thing that I've learned to transition is the reloads, which is just dry fire. It's just time and effort. And then the bore offset. That is a little bit more uh, different. So on talking about the difference from where the optic is and to where the bullet is, it's a little bit more exaggerated. It's about an inch higher than it is on my AR. So that was something I had to think about on the clock and just be more conscious of as I was learning. So, again, when you're getting spun up for these matches and practicing, get out to the range put your gun on paper, shoot a gun up or target up close, and then that'll really help you out. So, um, you know, it's been a rock solid setup. I've been very happy with it. It's similar to a lot of what these guys are running here. So we'll sound like a little bit of a broken record. But, you know, when it comes to competition, we run stuff that works. And frankly, the Glial just plain works. Adam, hammer down. All right. So uh, I run something similar to what, uh, to what James was mentioning. Uh, so this is a Gen 2 Glial, though. Um, and it's uh, kind of blurry there as the background, but uh, the Gen Two Galil, the uh, the great thing about this is there's a four a free float four end on this, so you don't have to worry so much about if you're really cranking down on barricades and things like that. Um, the other thing I noticed is that the Gen Two Galil with this uh, free float handguard doesn't get anywhere near as hot as the Gen Ones did, uh, so that makes a difference too when you're doing 40, 50 round stages. Um, uh, muzzle brake is a strike industry's uh, king comp on that. And then uh, I run a Holosun uh, Ames Optics. I'm running these for, I don't know, six, seven months now. Uh, this came out in October. And then our Holosun 509 on Aerostack amount. And, uh, and then just our stock uh, uh, our stock, um, stock on this and the ALG trigger, uh, which I got from uh, Dissonant Arms. And uh, at the AK matches, one of the reasons I run two optics is that the AK matches, you, said you tend to see 200-yard targets. And then like point blank targets, and then a hundred yard target, and then a point blank target. And so instead of knowing, instead of uh, remembering the offset every single time, if there's a bunch of targets close, I just run my offset, which is generally zero to like zero to fifteen yards ish. And then at the two hundred and stuff like that, I'm running the uh, the main optic. And uh, this is pretty much the exact same setup I also had uh, back when I was running the Gen One, just with a Midwest rail or, or an RS rail, kind of like James had mentioned, um, seven six two man's caliber, uh, as James mentioned. And uh, the uh, other nice thing is the Gen 2 Galil, which is the one everybody, if they're looking to get one, is going to have, is that uh, these will take any mag because the, the polymer has been uh, removed on the Gen 2s. makes a huge difference if you're with certain mags you're running. Um, and uh, as already mentioned, the, the other big thing with the Galils is that uh, the safety throw lever is a huge thing. So with, with these Galils, 
there's a throw lever on on this side or your typical you know more AK style one, and uh, that makes a huge difference when you're trying to target uh, you know as fast as possible. Um, so that's uh, and this is a 16 inch rifle, I believe, same as James. We're running the full 16 inch uh, rifle length barrels, uh, which that's I kind of love that. You know, I'm looking uh, um, kind of what Ken does. I started doing defensive stuff, and I, I still love. I, I like my full size rifles. <laughs> And what, yeah, and the shorty is nice, but you, I mean, the manipulation of this is not that long, and the capability to get in the ballistics with the 16-inch barrel is just where it's at. Yep. And what people don't, uh, I guess, they, 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 they definitely don't know, but, you know, they will, they definitely appreciate long-term, I guess, is, you know, with the with the two rifles there, you have a Gen 1 and a Gen 2, uh, and like Adam spoke to, um, a lot of that, a lot of the enhancements that came from the Gen 1 to the Gen 2, um, came from the direct user feedback, but uh, particularly within the free float system, that came from a, 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 a alphabet agency uh, down there where um, James is from, where they're they're in heavy sand and, and desert environments and wanted a Galil or an AK variant, but specifically running M4 mags and the 5.56. However, what we learned in their in our demo sessions is that they came out of a car and hard barricade on the hood, they were shifting point of aim, point of impact, because um, they're used to running an M4. Um, so we set out to fix that problem and get them those boys uh, a better particular piece, and ended up what happening is, is we enlarged the front of the receiver, so now that rail interfaces with the receiver and bolts the receiver itself. So that's where that came from, and then you know shorter, re shorter safety throw, Still running the same trigger, but everything else is the same. 3032 CRV barrel and cold hammer forged and full milled. The receiver starts with a 21 bound block of steel and goes from there. So, Kyle, you're on a Gen 2, 762, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm running a Gen 2. You guys already said most of uh, most everything that needs to be said. Uh, mine's a little unique because I was running iron sights. Uh, shoot iron sight divisions and um you know gamers uh as matt was saying that i like tinker a lot I, I really wasn't happy with any iron sights on the market though so i machined my own um machine my own front sight that actually clamps onto the barrel to get the most sight radius and then i uh, modified a adjustable rear sight so it basically has like a 50 yard zero and a 300 yard zero so i could flick a lever um and just swap my zeros for the for the mainly for that Arizona match because I knew it was going to be all within 300 yards. Um, so yeah, I machined my own. I also have a fiber optic to make the front sight glow, which I found to be super helpful. You can shoot it like a dot. Anybody who shoots USPSA um, in any iron sight division, you know, you don't have to align your sights perfectly for 90% of the targets you're shooting. You just need to have it somewhere in the notch and uh even more so the rifle and then uh, i'd say what makes mine really unique is i'm running a i was running a prototype muzzle brake that i've been working on for about two years um called unrivaled and um our brand's called unrivaled and uh totally random but we actually just dropped the uh 762 by 39 uh brake today dropped our website which is a uh, unrivaled pro shop um, and it's like a tunable brake, so it's really efficient baffles as far as pushback, and then it has like tuning holes, so you can actually add and remove set screws or ported set screws and tune it to the individual shooter, which, in my opinion, uh, 
talking about people getting into competition shooting and realizing uh, what they need to change about their guns. I, I found that like having a tunable muzzle brake uh, is is in a lot of ways more important than having one that's effective as far as pushback. Having both is great, but you can you can do a lot with quite a bit of recoil if your brake is pushing the gun for a right-handed shooter to the left the right amount and down the right amount. So I think um, came up I came up with a really good system myself and uh, <clears throat> Zach Smith that you mentioned earlier, and uh, yeah, I use that thing uh, every match every match in uh in october and i've been using them for about two years but um yeah i mean the galil was freaking awesome uh gen 2 with the free float barrel no worries using barricades it's a really big deal to me um and accuracy wise whatever steel it is that the barrels are made out of jeremy was explaining to me uh what was what is it jeremy 3032 crv 3032 CRV. It, it's extremely hard, and um, it's it's an accurate barrel. As far as like any AK, I own a lot of AKs, and um, I'm shooting you know factory Russian ammo, and with just about any ammo I ran through it, I'm shooting groups at 100 yards that are just you know maybe two inches, and that's with iron sights. So, in my opinion, the gun is one and a half MOA, two MOA gun, and uh, very consistently with all different kinds of Russian ammo, which is kind of amazing because you can get really well-made Russian AKs or Polish AKs. And, um, that's just not a thing. They're usually two to three MOA. Like two is really amazing. Really well-made Russian AK. Cool. Who's next? Matt. Yep. So I shoot a gen one, um, a Gen 1 gun in 5.56, the gamer caliber, I guess. And it is a dissident arms, either it's either said our ace or a race. So dissident arms takes a, a galil. Um, they, they put a, it's an arm. I think it changes depending on where they're at. But my gun has a, an Armalite tunable brake on it. Um, it has a dissident arms adaptive stock on it. Um, they, they put an RS regulate handguard on it. And so it looks a lot like a Gen 2, minus the um, minus the, the free float system there. Um, super, super, super flat shooting gun, really easy. Um, I've I've shot the best groups with it at, at 200 yards um, with 77s that I've ever shot with any gun ever, um, including like bolt guns and any other guns. And I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with bolt guns, but I have a lot of experience shooting at distance. Um, so that was pretty interesting going into the season, knowing that if I needed to shoot accurately, I, I can. Um, I, I would have brought it with me, but all I brought was my carry gun. I'm at my mom's house in, uh, in New Orleans visiting her for a few days with my wife. So my gun, I run a, uh, a Vortex um, Huey or a UH-1 primary optic. Um, I zero it at 50 yards. So like most 5.56 ammo, um, it, it returns at, at about 200 yards. So you look at where your zero is it's going to keep on going past 50 yards and it's going to return back to zero around 200 yards um i run a um a vortex razor six minute offset dot so that's zeroed at 15 yards so anything between i would say um five yards to 40 yards i use uh i use my offset red dot so that's that kind of becomes my primary optic in a lot of ways 
um, for a lot of these types of matches. Anything at distance, I used my uh, my primary, my top dot. Um, super fun shooting gun with the KNS piston. You know, I can I can play with loads. I do not shoot Russian ammo. I shoot uh, ammo that's American made um, in Pennsylvania that I made myself, and uh, <laughs> super fun, super reliable. Um, I mean, when I when I first got this gun. You know, I'd ask Jeremy. I'm, I'm used to I'm used to, to three gun and, and things get dirty and you know you got to oil them and different guns you know require different treatment. And I'd ask Jeremy, you know, what do, what do I do with this thing? Like, how do I clean it? I, I had no. I'm not an AK guy. Um, the only other AK variant that I have is is one that uh, that I won from a, a match earlier this year. <clears throat> so um, bad answer. Jeremy's next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, no, Jeremy. I mean, AK, AK Mario built kidding. that rifle for you, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Yep, he did. Out, he did. out there at Lee Armory? Yep. Yeah, it's a super, super nice gun that I pulled off a prize table at a um, at a big three-gun match this year. I was super blessed to Great. bring that thing home. And it's a 7.62 gun, um, so it sits in the safe. <laughs> so... Um, with, with that gun, um, it's just, it's been, it's been super easy. I don't know where I was going with it, with the AK statement, but, um, oh, with Jeremy telling me how to clean it, he said, just keep shooting it, bud. <laughs> so that's what I've done. And, uh, it's, it's been easy. Or I, we'll I, send I, you some seal one and that'll take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. If there was something to take care of, I'm sure that's the product for it, but it, Pretty much, I mean, I wiped it down a little bit. It pretty much looks like it did. Well, that's what um, they're known for, you know, running ago. dirty. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Next, who who has it going? I, Ken. I mean, Jeremy. I just run a. I I I run a mixture of everything. Um, just kind of depends on where we're at in the um, in it all. Um, typically, I run the five five six, but I have a seven six two. I've got a five four five. I've got a three zero eight um, that I've run in in competition. Um, but they're all pretty much the same way set up, you know, um, if it's a Gen 1, it's running RS or Midwest Industries handguard. They all have ALG triggers in them, KNS. The boys, uh, Tyson, Daniel Fisher, and Gordon are phenomenal human beings and support the community. Um, so I try to bolt stuff onto my rifles that are uh, that serve a purpose, but also from companies that are passionate about the, com- about the community. Um, and they're at every event as well. And, um, and fortunately, like what people don't fully understand is that before the Gen 2 or Gen 3, I guess you could say, KNS piston was available. Everybody was shooting it. They just didn't know it because we had them in the machine guns at every event getting torture tested and then sent back for those boys to fully understand. Because I was like, guys, like, I'm going to put 15K through these guns in a month. And they won't be clean, so send me pistons, and we'll get them t- taken care of. And as soon as they got them back, you know, we I gave them a report back and whatnot. They turned them on the next day on the website. People were buying them because I mean they ran like they were supposed to, and nothing broke. And we heated them up. Trust me, we heated them up. Um, so, but I run that stuff, and uh, you know, try to support in various different disciplines and different calibers and things of that nature but you know i i have no issues running from a d60 to to a, a romanian surplus 70 round drum it, it doesn't make a difference to me if it's reliable i'm going to run it um my job is to to be there to support the community and support the 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 company for, first and foremost and then the, the ones that help us so nine times out of ten i've got a vortex primary or a hollow sun primary with the other one as a backup uh or a secondary so if it's a vortex primary it's a hollow sun uh, secondary if it's a hollow sun primary it's a vortex secondary um 
and you know muzzle breaks uh you know been working with kyle with his stuff and uh playing with it you know I, like i said I, I like to support shooters and their endeavors and if, if they're willing to push the bar and see if they can't make something better well you know as long as you're open to the criticism criticism well i guess even if you're not open to it i'm going to tell you um <laughs> So, uh, you know, that's kind of my job and, uh, you know, supporting Ken on his efforts. Um, I can care less what I'm shooting as long, you know, as I heard, um, Tucker Schmidt and Ruben Ackerson on a, on a vortex podcast the other day, uh, at the end of the day, it's a sight picture and a trigger press. If it's going to do those two, I'm probably going to shoot it. Um, so, uh, and that was the most simplistic way I could, I've ever heard it in the 36 years of me being on this earth is. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's a sight picture and a trigger press. Very well. Put. I get it. I like that. Very true. Yeah. Who who hasn't gone yet? I'll jump in there if the competition guys are done. <laughs> <laughs> Ken runs a bone stock gun. I freaking do. He's got an ODS now. I do. I run a seventeen seventy five. I love that rifle. Um, but I I actually run a. a a gamut of different rifles and for different reasons. And I'll kind of start at the bareborn basics, you know, like Jeremy just mentioned, I do run the IWI Galil series um, as well as the Zion series. And both of them are excellent. Um, as far as what I've added to them, uh, I have some of Scott's equipment, some of the RS regulate stuff on the Galils. Um, but I do keep a certain amount of them bare stock. And the reason for this is I do a lot of crossover training um, and specifically for the law enforcement community, I have different officers and agency members that come out and shoot with us on a pretty regular basis, and they are running M4s typically. So the whole idea is to give them an opportunity to shoot a different platform and start to experience what uh, the, the advantages of, of shooting a Kalash-style gun. So when you get into the Galil, you can actually blend, as we all know, um, the M4 and, and the Kalash with the 5.56 version. Um, having that that magwell being able to accept any stacked in type mag um, mil spec mag that's amazing for them because it, it works all the same features that they're accustomed to but gives them the reliability and dependability of of a of kalash platform in the galil so that's pretty cool and we enjoy doing that with them um but i too like a lot of these other fellows here i typically shoot 76239 guns or 76251 guns um barrier penetration is real um, being able to hunt with the gun is real. So 7.62.39, uh, you know, we can argue about it, but ballistically semi-equivalent to 30.30 Winchester. So it is a deer hunting cartridge. Uh, and we also know what it'll do on, on other walking things that may not have good intentions. Um, it does very well on vehicles. It does very well on other barriers. Yeah. You know, one of the classes that we do typically every other year is a, a barrier penetration test. Um, it's, a, it's a full two days of that, and 76239 by far is superior in almost all of those tests. Um, so other guns that were run, so I'll, I'll put a shout out there to uh, Mr. Jim Fuller. Um, Jim helped me from, from the very beginning when I branched out of uh, Six Hour and started to get out on my own. And uh, I went to one of his build classes that he was sponsoring, and he and I built a rifle together, and I run that gun still to today. And I keep that rifle fairly stock. It is a 4.5 pinned and welded rifle. Um, I do prefer that length. I prefer folder guns, but that one happens to be a collapsible stock. Um, but it has a, a hand-tuned G2 tap coat trigger in it. It does not have a KNS piston. 
Um, it has a standard selector on it. And the reason I shoot this gun quite a bit on the onset of my train classes is to prove that it is about the technique, not about the gun. Um, we go ahead and we, we snap to and we drive that gun um, from, from 10 meters um, cold and we'll put rounds right in the A zone um, in, you know, three quarters of a second is, is my average, but I shoot them as low as, as half a second um, accurately. And if you can do that with a, with a Kalash, and then I do the same thing with an AR, and I'll pick up my Zion, and I'll, and I'll drive the gun in the same fashion. So to be able to do that side by side, uh, we literally train our shooters to be able to, to cross, uh, cross train between the AR and the AK. I'm a firm believer in, in the learning that you can gain out of that. Um, you know, just a quick aside. If you've been shooting an AR for months and months and months, years and years and years, you a, either get bored of it and or you're going to reach a plateau at certain certain level. Um, in order to break that plateau, I highly suggest jumping over to the AK platform. Or if that's not your thing, you know, jump on something different. But the AK is so completely different in the way that it's managed that uh, your brain has to start to reset. You have to start thinking differently. The the mode of operation SOPs are completely separate. So when you get the the separation your brain gets re-engaged and if you stay on that system for a couple months and then go back to the ar you will break your plateau it'll take you another month or two to get reaccustomed to and get your speeds back up get your efficiencies rebuilt but you will break those plateaus pretty easily by cross training so we've done quite a bit of that we've gotten a lot of shooters that were ar shooters um, now interested in the ak platform and either they're driving galils or they're driving a uh, custom-made uh AK that is, you know, done by CW Gunworks, done by M13, done by uh, Krebs Custom. There's so many good builders out there, uh, but those are the ones that we typically are, have been working with and uh, en enjoy all of them. But we bring Galil's out to every training. We bring out um, CW Gunworks builds. We bring out, um, you know, the, again, the floor built, uh, hand, hand built AKs. Um, as well as some basic stock stuff, whether it be uh, some of the Polish builds or some of the old Chinese builds. Um, they're all out there for people to try and, and look at the differences. But my guns, again, tend to be more defensive in basis. I run uh, some Scots equipment, RS regulates from mounts, um, usually running red dot optics. Uh, aim points are what I've typically been using, but I'm probably going to start to get some hollow suns into the mix. Um, again, standard triggers, we run Topcos that have been hand-tuned or FIM triggers, uh, again, hand-tuned, and we do run some ALGs as well. Um, you know, the uh, the KNSs, we've got one of those in the Galils, got one of them in one of the AKs, and uh, we run them side by side. And uh, I'm a folder guy. Um, I've recently got the 1775 from Occam Defense, and that is a fantastic system all the way around. Really impressed with that rifle. Um, and I had mine built as a folder. Um, but yeah, uh, out there running with the best of them. Uh, I very much enjoy shooting stock guns. Uh, when I go out and shoot trap and skeet, uh, which I do occasionally, I'll compete with those gentlemen. I will bring a uh, a side by side twenty inch Stoger <laughs> and actually compete with that, um, and nice. or my uh, my eight seventy uh, police magnum. So I've I've never been one to to use the uh, the high end competition gear. I use what I use to defend myself. Very cool. All right, let's do some questions now, listener questions. Um, so each of you go to Talking Lads Instagram, go to our Facebook, and I want you to to pick a question and that you want to feel, that you want to answer. And I'm going to kick us off here. 
And this is Moliner's site. What are some of the differences to consider when building an AK for competition versus building one as a defensive combat weapon? Does anybody have an opinion on that, Ken? Uh, I don't think there's any real big differences, Ken. I mean, I think knowing your gear and trusting your gear are relevant to what it's designed for. At the end of the day, a bullet's coming out of the end of the damn thing. And But if you don't know how to imply you know, the fundamentals and know where that bullet's going, it's irrelevant what it was built for at that point, as far as I'm concerned. I'm, um, with, I'm with you. You know, uh, as uh, Clint Smith would say, uh, I would rather not be efficient with one gun, but with all the guns, because typically one gun leads to many more guns if you're in actual firefights. Um, so knowing enough about everything is better than being knowing, you know, the all about one thing. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure there are things that, you know, big muzzle brakes, tank brakes, things of that nature aren't ideal for defensive purposes. Like James's. <laughs> um, but could they be, could they use it? Absolutely. I mean, that could be a, a weapon in and of itself right there. If you're out of ammo, you just beat the hell out of somebody with it. Yeah, so you get the combination flash hider and uh, flashbang and Thor's uh, ballistic hammer. delivery device. It's like Thor's yeah. hammer on the end of that thing. I love it. It's like Mike Tyson's fist on the end of that thing. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think there's much difference, but maybe, I mean, you probably can add a lot more to that than I can. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of breaks come out there, and the only real downfall of a break is using it improperly in a defensive situation. But, you know, with the advent of, of, of uh, flash shields and or suppressors, for goodness sakes, it takes care of that problem right away. Um, so you can run a good comp in competition, then, and then for defense purposes, throw a flash shield on there and or a suppressor. Problem solved. It's, it's easy as that. But the only thing to be aware of um, is particularly if you're competing in and around others, if it's, if it's teams is uh, those comps can be quite dangerous if they're in close proximity to either architecture and or another person just because of the amount of, uh, of, of side blasts is coming off of them. That pressure, that pressure wave is real. Yeah. All right, who's got a question that they want to field? Adam, so I got one here. I got Matt? one here from T. Williams, 1924, and he says, uh, or she says, will the adjustable gas block work to lower recoil for the competition as well as uh, helping with the can. So this is something that hits home for uh, that. I would say, Jeremy, probably the better half of two, maybe two and a half hours we've spent this week arguing, <laughs> arguing and bitching about this and how Kyle and I know what, what we need to do with Zions to make them great and everybody else isn't on the same page and we're going to have a meeting on Wednesday discussing that. Um, hypothetically, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so so I uh, whether it's a gas block or an adjustable gas piston, um, I think they very much serve a, a very, very great purpose in, uh, in reducing the amount of gas coming back on your gun. So whether it's an M4 um, or AR-15 or um, RNAK, those guns are typically overgassed. So if you're feeding it factory ammunition that's been designed for, for that gun, nine times out of 10, maybe 10 times out of 10, there's more gas there than you need. Um, so if you can reduce the amount of gas coming back, you're going to reduce the amount of things that are moving and how fast they're, they're coming back and how fast they're slamming forward. 
which translates to, to movement um, as you're seeing your sites. So I, I will say this, it's an awesome, it's an awesome product, um, whether it's a gas block in an M4 or a gas piston in, a, in an AK or a Galil. Um, but as some of us found at Kalash Bash, we'll name any names, Adam Lipke, um, you got to be really careful with, uh, with how you run it. If you're running it on the ragged edge, um, as far as, 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 rely, as far as reliability, um, then soon, I mean, especially like I've had this conversation with Jerry recently too, where um, when I first tuned my first adjustable gas block on an M4, I did it in Arizona where I lived, where it was, you know, 85 degrees. My gun was super clean. It was very well lubed. Um, you know, a few weeks later, I was in I was in Vegas. It was it was in the in the 50s and 60s, and I shot it for a you know a full day. And, and my day two, my gun just didn't operate anymore. It didn't work at all because I tuned it for best case scenario. So giving it enough gas where it tames um, both tames recoil and maintains its reliability is super important. And if you're toggling in between, let's say a can um, and just an, an open muzzle brake or, or a birdcage or whatever else, whatever, whatever you know, muzzle device you're using, um, that's also a whole nother, whole nother area where you can tame it. So I think it serves a very good purpose, um, but I would definitely say you gotta, you gotta practice with it and you gotta find out where that stoppage is and where, it, where the failure points are um, and adjust accordingly. So give it what it, give it what, the gas you need for it to, to lock back on an open mag is typically what, what we do with, with AR-15s. Um, and then give it just a little bit more gas after that, just to, to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room there. So hopefully that answers and they, that. And, and they can do that with the AKs now with, uh, I think, KCI and a couple others are making followers that'll lock the bolt to the rear on an empty mag. So if you can lock it to the rear, give it a little bit more gas and call it quits. I do believe Brian has developed uh, an adjustable gas block for his as well. Yeah. Um, Connor Norris on Facebook says, what are, what are some of the common mistakes first-time competitors shoot, shooters make at matches? What are the most important things to train, especially on the AK before going to competition? Um, honestly, I would say the most common mistake that first-time competitors make is they don't ask questions. They, they, they sit back and they're super nervous and um, eventually they'll open up. But, uh, you know, a lot of questions that of your first time can be addressed very quickly. And if you just raise your hand and say, it's my first match, you will be pushed to the end of the line. You can watch as long as you need to. You're going to have somebody grab you and say like, hey, man, like, let's walk. Let's have a conversation. Let's let's talk through this, because at the end of the day, we want you to be safe. Uh, we want you to have a good time. Um, but then there's things that, you know, people often forget about and that's, you know, nutrition and hygiene. Cause as you start taxing the mental cognition on the range in the, in the heats of parts of the country, you forget to drink water. You forget to get sugar in the body with fruits and actual nutrition. Um, so that shuts people down. Um, and then understanding that the match can only go as fast as you and your shooter, your friends will allow it to be. So resetting targets, pasting targets, help scoring, moving the match along, we'll continue to do that. As far as training, um, I think Kitz Miller hit on that. Understand your point of aim, point of impacts at various ranges. Understanding your zeros. Um, understanding your weapon system. Learn how to mag change, but learn how to shoot targets on the move. Um, it is, it's a timed event. At the end of the day, you're racing a clock. So yeah, you can stand flat-footed and shoot all you want. 
and then run to the next one. Shane Cooley is a freaking master of this in USPSA. The dude spritz to one corner, shoots a bunch of targets, shoots to another corner. JJ Ricasa, same way. But then there's people like Max Michelle and other people and Nils, and they're 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 not running a lot, but their their feet are always moving to the end objective. Um, so you know, get out and work on that, and work on training, and uh, just have a good time with it. And like I said, the the things that I see the biggest mistakes from even seasoned shooters, nutrition. Um, you've got to keep nutrition in the body to keep the brain working is what it boils down to yeah. water gatorade and you know electrolytes things of that nature Bananas. matt and i with josh fralick when we ro'd on friday at kb we were at the end of the day we were 26 miles into ro and and we we, we were smoked i mean we drank the, the we drank all the water <laughs> all the water all day yeah so that's a good point. I like that. Does anybody else want to well, add to that? I'm going to, I'm going to tag on yeah. what Jeremy said. So one of the big things, particularly newer shooters and folks that are new into the AK specifically, um, don't go out and, and buy a whole lot of stuff, you know, yes. go, go out to that event, whether it be a training event, whether it be a competition and ask questions, uh, you know, yes. touch, lick and feel, what what's out there and get an idea of what other folks are running and why and they're only too happy to tell you what works and what doesn't work um it'll save you a lot of effort a lot of money and um you'll be able to try a whole bunch of different things and really start to dial in on on what's going to work for you and as we know particularly in the kalash community you can go ahead and start with a very basic bare bones rifle and just start adding equipment to it and deleting equipment from it and people will give you stuff you know, they've got perfectly serviceable equipment that is excellent for that use that they're like, hey, I'm done with this. Um, here, try it. Have it. Um, I've seen that happen on more occasions. I do it all the time myself. I've got a whole bin of stuff that I've rolled out of that other people have rolled out of, and I keep it in order to, to pass on to others. And cool. the, other, the other big thing is just don't overthink it. Um, yeah. You know, come out there and enjoy yourself. Um, well, I think also, too, Ken, the caveat to that, people then start understanding that, you know, ounces equal pounds and pounds equal pain and there's a reason why the surefires and things in that nature are so much lighter than everything else because yeah when you're standing flat foot on the range doing ready ups for a little bit um doesn't matter a whole lot but when you're humping that rifle around all day we see it every at every event we go to a guy or a girl shows up with their their you know i grew up on an island so their rifle is equivalent to boat anchors that i'm used to and by middle of the day half the shit is off that rifle um, it's true, and, it, and they don't understand. They're like, I, just, I had no idea, or you know, the lights in the wrong spot. But then they go to try to go through a port, and they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and they've never done it, so they start ripping gear off. And hell, if you're in a mood to buy some gear, come to an event. There'll be plenty of people selling it because they just realized <laughs> this was a bad mistake real quick. Get a good deal, fire sale. Yeah, it's funny watching three thousand dollars worth of MVG equipment come off the front end of a rifle because they try to. Do Texture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do this next one on IG here. This is Wolverine 30 cal. Uh, uh, it was mine. Okay, you're gonna do that one because <laughs> I was gonna do it. Yeah, do the whole. Do that was mine too. Damn it! <laughs> All right, whoever said it first gets to do it. So go ahead. You're good. Yeah. You're good. So I had the one. The Wolverine 30 cal is which division would you choose for a match if you had an AK or of each type? 
or and do you prefer jungle run stages over a standard stage in a bay? Um, so when it comes to the uh, which type of AK you have, show up and shoot anything. I mean, I prefer the uh, the man's caliber, the you know God's caliber, the God's chosen race seven six two by thirty nine. Um, <laughs> we'll just keep picking on Matt's. Um, it is it. You can't go wrong, but, uh, you know, it's uh, there's AK events. It is awesome to go out there with some rock and lock mags and run through stuff and do things like that. Um, but if you've got a 7 no, at the end of the day, Yeah, at the end of the day, it's, irre- it's irrelevant to what caliber you shoot. If you're proficient with it and yeah. you've got the ammunition, show up and bang. I don't know. Yeah. Two of the gonna... winners here are 30 cals, so... Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got you got you got three thirty calories going up against two, you know, five five sixers. At the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever ammunition you can get your hands on, show up and bang. If you want to show okay. up with a friggin', there was a dude running a Mosin Nagant at friggin' <laughs> at Rock, yes. um, like a and a guy running an SVD. Good for good for them. Like, yeah, yeah. We, had, we had an SVD. Um, and, we had and, to, to, and then you'll get to see weapon systems that you'll probably never dream that you get to see it. Uh. Kits Miller's buddies out from Arizona showed up with a PKM and an RPK. Um, nice. So, and they and they're not like semi-auto versions of these. <laughs> um, oh, they were geez. legit belt-fed machine guns, rocking and rolling. Um, and then you know, so you know, grab some ammo, train, get out there, caliber-wise, whatever you're proficient with, get out and bang. And then he also asked, should you camp? Hey, bud, it's a long day in the heat. It's only gonna make for a longer night in the heat. So, hey, they're they're uh, you know we stayed out there pretty late, but you know what? That Marriott bed slept very well. Oh, yeah, it did. <laughs> it's, you know, to speak to that question, I'd say it depends on what you're looking for in the match. You know, if you're looking for performance, then obviously the being well rested and performing and being mentally proficient, that all lends itself to maybe you want to splurge and get a hotel. Or if you're there for the experience, you want to hang out and be the community and meet people, meet people. mix with people. Yeah. The best way to do that is hanging out at campsites and wandering around. And the best way to do that is to be there and be part of that. So, you know, depending on what you're trying to go for with the event and what you want to extract out of it, you know, I think that'll help dictate some of your decisions for that one i, said I was so out. worried i was so worried about kalash bash when i when i really saw the campsite because i thought you know what kyle is going to take his ass here and he's not going to leave so <laughs> kyle, kyle, litzy, kyle litzy is like a like a kalash hippie from california <laughs> and i i mean i don't know how many matches you that we've been to that you camped somewhere in the general proximity of where we were but I saw dude, that, and I was like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. No, dude, I need – no, it's got to be BLM land so I can shoot guns. So I can wake up in the morning and roast off some rounds and warm up. Then it's worth it. But, no, Clash Bash, no, I'm just going to end up drinking way too many beers and not performing. Like, I'd rather – I do the hotel thing there for sure. He yeah. also says, Wolverine 30 Cal says, I love seeing all my people, Clay and Tony and Dissident Arms, we thank you for all the hours in, uh, you invested to build the AK community. And then he makes another post. Uh, it says, I met you at Kalash Bash 2021. I don't know your name, Wolverine 30 Cal, so you have to PM me. Let me know who you are. Uh, it was the best thing of the year. I ran an IWI Galil Ace 7.62 with a Romanian 75-round drum. The J-Mac accessories made it even more comfortable to shoot. Nice. So very cool. Very good. Very cool. And look. I was actually going to do the comment right below that. So okay, uh, um, yeah, which is which is interesting. He says, 
why hasn't anyone addressed weapon uh, manipulation for AKs? Instead of relying on imported parts kits, why do we fundamentally change the way we reload and change the way or change the weapon by creating something more ergonomic? I say let's teach these commie bastards what the American ingenuity can truly accomplish. And uh, it's that guy, I say, I, I also see a lot of comments saying, what's the disadvantages of using an AK in a competition and this and that. And honestly, it's accuracy, um, which I think IWI has done a great job with the free-floated barrels and higher-quality barrels, and then obviously rock and lock. But what people don't realize is that rock and lock has a lot of advantages, especially, in my opinion, for like tactical reasons there's no there's no seating a mag and it falling out once it clicks Back. the mag is set. uh you don't have to tap it I, i've been at matches where i do ar reloads i think i seated it fine mag falls out one time into a trash can on the stage and i had to reach down in the trash can and pull it out um never gonna happen with an ak and honestly if you get the manipulations down it's not that much slower if you're grabbing your magazine, knocking out your empty or low mag with the mag in hand, and um, you have a you know a well-made AK because they really do go into the gun differently depending on how in a standard sheet metal receiver how the um, how the rails are filed or the dimensions of the rails and the opening the mouth opening of the sheet metal or in the in the Galil's case the it's got a little bit of a a plastic uh, funnel like a magwell almost on the rear to help guide you in and just enough play to get in with the um with the machined receiver so i i mean i think what this guy's saying right here is kind of the, the galil kind of is that gun the gen 2 ace is that gun like it's got a full rail that you can mount optics on a free float barrel you can push on the charging handles on the right side unless you've got problems like uh james <laughs> and uh by right you mean left yeah oh yeah on the right side you you know what i mean <laughs> the correct side the correct side uh, i was gonna say that and then also the, the last thing i was gonna say is a lot of people are asking about magazines and um in my experience magpul magazines just buy magpul mags like if you're a collector bakelites are cool steel mags are cool if you had a brand new Bakelite, it would probably be better than a Magpul mag, but the reality is the feed lips are fucked on a lot of them, and they're, in my experience, they've been within a thousand rounds of failing. Uh, Magpul mags don't do that, and for mag pouches, um, just high-speed gear is fine. I think uh, LAG Tactical is going to be making some good uh, Kydex ones soon, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean... Magpul makes a great mag. Um, you know, they're, they're constantly looking for improvements in there. Um, X-Tac and US Palm, you know, we won't get into that, that, that drama, but they, you know, they've made plenty of good mags as well. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the metal mags are solid, but, you know, those, those plastic mags are equally as good in many cases and significantly cheaper. So if they, if they break, you throw it in the trash and you grab another one. Good point. All right, who's got the next question? I'll take this well, one here. So from Sack Archer, uh, not so obvious things to consider before attending your first AK match. Um, so things I would think about is like some things we've talked about here is zeroing your gun. You know, getting a good zero and not having a shotgun pattern. 
you know, knowing that a zero is, you know, trying to be precise and getting a good dope on your gun, testing it at distance. You know, you can do this with, you don't need to take a ton of ammo to do this. Take a box of ammo, just go to the range and do some research, you know, and just do due diligence to know at five yards, my guy aim here and the gun hits here. You know, at 50 yards, I aim here and the gun hits here, you know, do that at certain distances, learn the recoil impulse of the gun. Then the other thing is, is like we say, it's not all about the shooting, it's about the movement. So learning how to, this is free, you can do at home is dry fire, is learn how to move with the gun, uh, bring the gun up and build your index is what I call it. So when you go to raise the gun up, you're not having to fish and find your sight when you come into position, the gun's right there. That can all come is just free. It doesn't take any, it just takes time and effort. So things that you can do and be confident with that. And then it's learning the manipulation of the gun, where the safety is, how to load and unload the gun. So that when the time comes to do that stuff on the clock, it becomes intuitive and you can learn about where you're going to run, what targets you're going to engage, where you're going to aim, what do you think you're going to do about that. So the other thing to think about is, again, being things that you know, a person want to think about is to ask questions. You know, like Jeremy said, raise your hand. I'm the new guy here. What do you have you guys done this before? I, I don't know shit about this, you know. Just asking for help. And that's can be don't scary be to do. Yeah. You're all a bunch of type A's. You want to be the person who knows all about this, but just being humble enough to say, Hey, uh, you guys want to help me out? And the other thing is is that it's gonna inflate the other guy's ego because, oh shit, he's asking me for help. I must know something, you know, and it helps them out. Everybody does it. You meet somebody and you might meet your new best friend on the range because you're all there doing things that you guys like together. Um, or like similarly. So the other things to think about um, also is you know being there and uh, learning to meet people um, seeing what gear works hey uh, I see you're running this why are you running that you know oh, I got this because it was free or I got this because it does this for me and learning can I look through your optics so you can see and go to a lot of places and get some more first-hand experience from the guy behind the counter is not trying to sell you might get some kickbacks from the manufacturer on the backside where this is a guy who's put his card you know hard-earned money and will tell you hey this thing's great or no man I spent a paycheck on this thing this thing sucks so that's the other thing is you can learn some valuable experience and be out no money and just the time and effort that it takes to do that. So I think those are things that you can pick up for your first competition and really get yourself ahead and uh, be able to perform and be able to have a ton of fun at these events because that's truly what they are. I mean, people are so scared about coming to them. Oh, you know, concern, anxiety, but people are going to watch you. You're only watching to see when it's their turn to shoot and everybody's there just to have a good time. And even if you're going to finish last, which I typically do, I'm learning the precision game, um, going to those matches, I just get stomped and I have a ton of fun because... Going to the range and being with your buddies is just plain fun. Amen. Anybody got anything to add? Hey, Le hey Lefty, I want to pull one uh, because it's, it's an AK type thing, but 3 Gun McKenzie asked, what's the most ridiculous shenanigan you've seen post at a Kalash competition? <laughs> I walked up my first year to Kalash Bash. Not even joking. I walk up to this table. All your guns are laid on the table. Uh, getting ready to shoot. And I see a literal black dildo <laughs> sticking over like the handguard of my gun. And I'm like, Hey, why is there a black dildo on the table? <laughs> and then I realized it was one of those uh, foregrip ones, literally mounted to a dude's AK <laughs> with like the tip wrapped over my uh, my handguard. And I'm just like, I'm like, I am I am not at a three gun match right now, and this is not USPSA. This nope. is a whole different crowd. The dude just walks up, he grabs, it, he's like, "Let's go!" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is where we're at right now." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what about any of you others? What else? What's some outlandish things that you've seen? Uh, so the thing, like I, I was at Clash Pass and I was just asking dudes, like saw some guys who were in, you know, like 90 degree heat. They're wearing kit and plate carriers. And I'm like, hey, can I take a picture? And immediately without asking, both of them just get into the squat. And I'm like, oh, yep, this is exactly this. I 
This like is where we're at. The cosplay, the right? <laughs> Comic Con cosplay. Four stage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at um at at Red October this year, a guy was in full mop gear with a a comblock air type. Um, it was a full place, like almost full, like a full, hazmat suit, but it had full, a helmet yeah. with two big pipes coming out the back. And air tanks yeah. on the back, and it was a full 360 face mask, so he could see and, pretty well. But, but there was a low stage where he had to crawl through the low port. Well, he couldn't shoulder the gun properly, so he had the Russian peck on the front of his, and he used the laser to engage the targets on that stage. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. They're hardcore. Yeah. They get into it. I asked That's him, awesome. I said, is that system operational? And he goes, there's enough air movement from the system to keep it from fogging, but he's still working on getting parts. But he says it's about seventy-five percent operational right now. That's crazy. And I couldn't even imagine how hot that was in. Miserable. All right, whose turn is it to do the next question? I got one more thing. So we were at the oh, okay. uh, Clash Bash, and they had the bonfire, and there's lots of guys in the plate carriers who had cut-off shorts that would have made Ranger panties blush. And then he had taken out all his mags, and instead of the magazines, he had put shooters of booze. So, yeah, he was uh, rocking hard there. And like I say, the Clash community—they play hard and they work hard, and it's it's quite the endeavor. It's it's definitely something you need to see to believe, because not everybody's going to document on social media because it probably breaks some laws somewhere somehow. So playing off that, Aura Alpenap says, "Rumor has it you get style points added to your score for outlandish outfits during AK comps. Is this true?" Also, would a pink thong Ooh. with the Talking Lead logo be appropriate as competition garb asking for a friend? Yeah, so I don't know that you get style points, but they do recognize the hardest LARPer. <laughs> they give you a trophy, and it's, it's scored based off of uh, unknown judges that are walking around, and you have to be in costume all three days. You can't come out of it. And then you get, and then they pick five of those people to come up. And then, if as long as you're in still kit, you can come up. And it is a, uh, you know, like a. They want a gun this year. They want like a, a, a KL yeah. or a Clash of Cobb twelve gauge shotgun. Wow. Yeah, voice meter type thing. You know who 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 is uh, larping the hardest? That's awesome. <laughs> All right, who's when next? I got back from Clash Bash, I I shared some pictures with my wife. Um, my wife is she's never really took place i mean she'll she'll go to, to the events that were like near our house and if i was on a podium she'd want to show up and and watch all that stuff but um when i got home from clash bash i showed her pictures and she was like well, i think i want to go next year i was like oh okay no it's worries you know we'll, yeah. we'll we could do that and then she says well, i just need to figure out what kind of outfits we're gonna wear <laughs> and it's i like- kind of looked at her like <laughs> i mean i i'm covered in tattoos and um uh, you know, I, I'm I'm all about having fun and and that whole that whole diversity and culture. However, uh, I'm pretty conservative with with what I wear when I shoot. I wear the same thing pretty much all the time, um, like most of these guys. And uh, I don't know. I, I my anxiety just started raising like like big time. Come on, there was there was the couples costume where they had the sombreros that were no joke, at least like three feet in diameter yeah. at Clash Bash. That could be you, yeah. Matt. It, it initially, I fought it, and I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, you know, if I shot on day one, on the day that Jeremy, Josh, and I helped a bunch, um, that would give me a bunch of days to just get weird, and uh, that might be that might be my 2022 breakout weirdness. 
All right, let's move on. Who's who's next? Kyle, I think I think everybody's answered one. Has everybody answered one? Ken, did you answer one? Um, I have none in front of me, but I'm happy to answer. Okay. Um, how about this one? Tandem Dooley. Has anyone been playing with buffer springs to reduce felt recoil? How do you overcome the mag chang speed when running against an AR? Practice. <laughs> Practice. <laughs> Practice. Really, that, that's it. Um, a big thing, I don't care what the firearm platform is. Don't dick around with the springs. Um, these things were designed by engineers that are way smarter than we are, and they were designed to function. Um, there are some great companies out there that have worked out the math on these things, and if you really want to change the recoil impulse, go with one of them. But other than that, don't mess with springs. Um, but yeah, practice is everything. It's just a matter of the repetitions. There you go. Yeah, and like Kyle says, building in the efficiency so that when you go to do the mag change, don't knock the mag out, then go to your belt, and then come back up. But if you yeah. go to your belt, come back up with the mag, knock the mag out, and then you just change them right there. So things that you can think about, you know, just ways to build in the efficiencies. The more you can multitask when shooting, the quicker that you'll be. Yeah, I'll, 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 of a I'll, or a Dremel. You, you can do a little tuning on AKs <laughs> to get them going easier. Don't be a puss. <laughs> <laughs> It's just remember, true. a Dremel is a two-drink minimum. There you go. Yeah, it is. All right. Is that, so, uh, is that everybody? Everybody got their yeah. questions? Everybody got their questions? One more piece. So um, we all know there's a thousand and one uh, ways to, to change a mag on an AK. Um, you really should work out at least three different versions of that because depending on what position you happen to find yourself in or what piece of architecture you're jammed in between or a partner, you're going to have to go from a different direction. So specific with the AK, you really need to work out a couple different mag changes. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Let's or go. on the other end of the spectrum, you could run a 5.56 gun and run this really cool <laughs> product called a Magpul D60, which is a 60-round drum that holds 60 5.56 rounds. You know how many times I had to reload at Kalash Bash? That many times. Nice. <laughs> how many times I had to reload at, at any other match? That many times. If I'm shooting that gun, that's another option too. There you go. <laughs> yes. But, 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 but at AK Masters, we had, a, we had like a standard stage where the gun was on a table, loaded. You had to, you had to pick it up and, and shoot. Um, you know, I, I think, what was it, Adam, like eight or ten targets? And yeah. Then drop your mag and then reload it and then shoot the same course of fire again. So it's a very USPSA-ish kind of, uh, kind of stage. Um, and I practiced the night before for, I don't know, probably an hour in the Hilton um in my room at the hilton not in the lobby or anything and, uh, <laughs> and nailed it but the it's point. not a rock and lock it's a 556 so it's no different than than a, like a regular ar-15 but right, learning, learning, how to do that is, learning how to do that regardless of what gun is i mean it's no different than pistol or or any other gun like knowing how to put more bullets in it now and reliably and make sure that thing seats and make sure that you're ready to ready to get let's he's trying to give some stuff away let's give yeah. stuff away Let's let's award our our listeners uh, that participated here. So I'm going to let you guys pick our winners. Who wins the Seal One CLP package? Um, Who is the dude that you met? You didn't know the name of. Um, Wolverine Thirty, something like that. Thirty Cal. Cal. Is it Wolverine 30 Cal? Wolverine 30 Cal, yeah, that's our boy. We answered like four of his questions. He's got to get something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine 30 Cal, you have won the SEAL 1 CLP kit. It comes with uh, the paste, the liquid, 
the pre-soaked bore patches. It's got brushes in it. It's got uh, rags. Really nice kit. Talkinglead at gmail.com. And let me know what you won and your, your address and contact info. And we'll send that to you. All right. Next one, we're going to give away uh, the dump tray, the AK Corner dump tray. So who do you guys want to award this to? This guy. How about <laughs> I, can, I think I'm precluded from winning, but I can I'd like get to you, win that. that I can awesome. get you guys. I can get. I can hook you guys up. Let me know if you want these. I'll, I'll have to buy one of those. Absolutely. We'll talk. Yes. <laughs> I like my guy. Uh, I like my guy Taylor Williams that that asked the uh, the adjustable gas question because I think yeah. that's a that's, that's a good a one. Super super fun. Like can be like one of the best things you could put on your gun, and the absolute worst things you could put on your gun, and that's one that really requires some uh, some exercise and, and restraint and, uh, and and consistency. Okay, <laughs> who was that? Well, and the other part too is to think about is that the money that you would spend on the part to race out your gun, could you use that ammo and just go to a training day and get that much better and not have to spend the money, be ahead that's of the true. game? That's yep. another train of thought. It's definitely another train of thought. And I think that's a – if you're on a budget, to answer your question, Lefty, the guy's name is T. Williams, Taylor Williams. It's T. Williams, 1924. Um, but by the same token, there's a lot of people that you meet in this industry that they're not really concerned about money. I mean, when I first started shooting, I was concerned about money. And I'm not a rich person by any means. But now, I mean, that's just that's just worked in. You know, I'm going to shoot as much as I possibly can um, without putting myself in a bad spot over any – gizmo or gadget for sure yeah all right unless next. i'm fighting with jeremy then i want all the gizmos and gadgets <laughs> next giveaway we'll do the uh, occam lube who wants to award that uh, i like that first question the Molniers might uh the question that you had there lefty when we kicked it off like start strong we'll finish strong Moliner's might. All right. And are we going to do an IWI? Yeah. All right. So pick a winner for the IWI swag package. The guy who was like, how do we teach these commie bastards about American engineering? So we're going to add it. <laughs> we're going to add Israeli engineering in there, and he gets the package from us. Okay. That's, that's Corey Brown, MKTM. All right, there you go. So all the winners, talkinglet.gmail.com. Shoot me an email, what you've won, and your uh, address, contact info. Put your shirt sizes in there in case they want to throw some shirts in there, and we'll make sure we get all that out to you. So great episode, guys. We still need to figure out a way to give away the Galil that we were going to do at NRA, and then they canceled it. Yeah. So I think our last episode, the twelfth episode, will be a great episode to do that on. So that gives them a month. We got a month to uh, prepare for that. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Sweet. And we'll just have a big package, and we'll do like a gleam, and then that way everybody goes and likes, and they get more interest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I will send you. Send me an email this week, and I'll send you a five five six pistol. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Too. So what? done and then they got to sign in we'll we'll rock it out all right i'll shoot you an email and we'll go over the the specifics so that'll work so all right lead heads there you go another episode of the ak corner in the books uh very educational very fun 
I want to thank all our guests. James, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Adam, appreciate it. Ken, uh, great finally getting to meet you kind of in person, but uh, we'll have to set something up to where we actually meet. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt, good seeing you again. Kyle, appreciate you taking the time to be on out there on the left coast. It was a pleasure. Yes, sir. And then, of course, Jeremy, as always, man, uh, really couldn't do this without IWI's support. Uh, and then, you know, co-hosting today, you were phenomenal. Uh, Brian, yeah. you gave Brian a run for his money. <laughs> hey, Brian walked up to me and I was beat. I mean, I was wore out at Red October. And he's like, hey, man, and he wanted to have like a full-blown conversation. And I had GOA pulling me in one direction and Brian Nelson pulling me in another. And I'm like, Brian, I'm so sorry, but i got to go this yeah. other direction. Yeah, well, we'll set up a phone call or something like that. Um but yeah, keep Brian in your in your thoughts, guys, because he's sick. I don't know exactly what's wrong with him. I'm going to call and check on him better. tomorrow, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back in action. He's too big of a dude to to stay down for long. Yeah. All right, uh, Leadhead. So uh, make sure you tune in each and every month. Uh, the final episode coming up next month, and we'll probably have an awesome giveaway, maybe a Galil involved with that, as you just heard. So. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and until then, practice. Uh, call your local ranges. Get in touch with these guys. Well, real quick, how can they get in touch with you guys? Um, if they want to ask you a question, if they're in your area, maybe you guys can give them uh, some personal tips on stuff. Or maybe you don't want people contacting you at all. I think Instagram is probably the, the most preferred platform. for. So which one do you guys want to give uh, Jeremy's number out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got his. They know him on Instagram. Everybody's got him on on the grams. You may or may not like that conversation. What's your <laughs> What's your grams, James? Uh, I am Car Racer Thirty Six on Instagram. Feel free to hit me about racing cars, shooting. Uh, I'm in uh, Dallas, uh, ninety minutes west of Dallas. So if you're in Texas, uh, hit me up. We'll go to a match. Very cool, Adam. Anything Star Wars? Oh, right. hey, we and need cats. to talk. Uh, mine's, uh, Adam, uh, underscore S A S A, uh, and, uh, Instagram and then Facebook is, uh, Adam Lipke, uh, dash competitive shooter and, uh, star Wars guns, stuff like that. I'm down for it, man. Let's talk. And then I, I responded to a bunch of the questions on the, on the Instagram. So they can see me on there. Good deal. Good deal. Kyle. Uh, on Instagram, I'm just Kyle K Y L E Litzy L I T Z I E, or you can hit up our, uh, our company, which is unrivaled underscore technologies. Cool. Matt. My Instagram is uh Kitzmiller underscore three gun. Um, I'm there all the time, probably way more often than I need to be, but I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy to field all the questions all the time. Very cool. Ken. Uh, Instagram is Ken underscore Allen underscore training. So Ken Allen training. And they can also hit me up on my website, uh, and I can reach out from there and, and happy to talk about anything you need. There you go. And Jeremy, you want to give yours again? Uh, it's uh, Jeremy M. Gresham on Instagram, or if you hit up IWI US, uh, I manage that account as well. Or if you just call IWI, if I'm there, they'll patch you through, but most of the time I'm not. So uh, talk to any of my guys, and we'll take care of you. I'm usually, the reason why I'm not there is because I'm on the range in an event. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, feel free to hit us up anytime, and we'll take care of you. 
Uh, and make sure you go uh, our other sponsors, Occam Defense. Uh, again, Brian couldn't be here. OccamDefense.com at Occam Defense Solutions on the Grams. Mission First Tactical, MissionFirstTactical.com, Seal One, Seal One.com. Uh, and let them know how much you appreciate them sponsoring the shows. And then get our AK Corner shirts and hoodies at Factory 47. Use code LEADHEAD, get 10% off. That's Factory with a K at uh, Factory 47. Until next month, LEADHEADS, again, keep your eyes peeled because we got that uh, giveaway coming up, and we'll have details coming out soon. <laughs>